Hello and welcome to the Rebel Health Podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I used to call this a rare rebel and I thought I said rare rebel, but I said rebel. <laughs> All right, rebellious of you. Yeah, I, I was like, I had this this blank in my head just then. I'm like, did I say rare rebel? But I didn't. It's the Rebel Health Academy it's a, podcast. It's a rare era. <laughs> She's got to be a good one today. All right. So, um, first off, I'd just like to acknowledge um, country. We acknowledge the first peoples, the traditional owners of the land where we live, work, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We, we pay our respects to the elders past and present and emerging and acknowledge the important role Aboriginals and Torres Strait Islanders people can you know, play. Um, so yeah, love the land, love the earth, and love yourself. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Big Willy. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we've got Pete here today. The amazing third laugh in the room. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a <laughs> It's not just canned laughter. <laughs> um, yeah, with this guy, we don't know how to introduce him, to be frankly, because he's so amazing. We love him. We love him. He's energizing. He's enthusiastic. He uh, carries this aura of... Um, just peace and joy and love and uh, yeah but you. you look at him and you know he could kick your head off and he literally could he could rip your head off yeah or kick it off <laughs> yeah <laughs> and actually um, Jason Statham's Italian cousin <laughs> <laughs> does, yeah yeah thank you I body doubled for him <laughs> once <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> but I have told people that and they believed yeah. it yeah I know uh, for a split second <laughs> <laughs> I was like is he being serious <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right, well, uh, let's let's delve deep into this straight away. I've got three yeah. questions for you, man. Um, yep. Who's your favourite Ninja Turtle? Michelangelo. Wow. The nunchucks. Wow. <laughs> oh, yes, mm. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered where that came from. I didn't think anyone liked Michelangelo. He was so cruisy, and as a kid, I was more Raphael. Oh, you changed. Yeah, man. Mm. And I just went, I like him. He's cruisy, but he can still fight. Like nunchucks, how yeah. cool are they? Yeah. I used to make my own. Yeah. They're terrible, <laughs> but I used to make them. Yeah. Out of what? Wood and rope, glue, masking tape, Ooh, duct tape. Amazing. I'd take him to school. I even did like a show and tell with these nunchucks. Oh, no. And I started spinning them in front of the class. Did they flick off? No. <laughs> but I did hit myself in the head. I was in year five. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well done. Love it. Ice cream or yogurt? Ice cream. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Dairy free. Dairy free ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's your favourite then? <laughs> where where should people head for this dairy free ice cream? Well, I generally go sorbet. Yeah. Because that was like oh, the yep. original, the OG dairy free. But these days there are so many good options. Mm. It's really this personal choice. Yeah, there are so many different brands out there doing it. It's awesome. <laughs> so what do you do? Whatever I feel like at the time. <laughs> I look and I go, what am I into today? Yeah. What's this choice? Do yeah. I want the coconut cream base or another base? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Depending on the emotions, I suppose. Yeah, man. I like to flow. I don't want to be stagnant. Is that how you choose your pizza as well? 
No, I am so traditional oh. with my pizza. I'm sorry. I am... Yeah, there are only a few toppings I will have. <laughs> Here we go. Pineapple? God, no. But I respect people He's that Italian. do like it. He's Italian. All right, I just put it out there. He's the Italian just Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> He's not having pineapple. I will kick the shit out of that pizza. Uh, fly it back to the kitchen on the pan. Um, no, I respect anyone's choice of toppings. I don't but think I'm, so. I'm very trad. I, I like my salami or prosciutto or coppa. Those kind of cured meats. Yeah. Mm. With... Mm. Olives, mushroom, Ooh. bit of capsicum, Ooh. onion. Is that caprica? Capri- uh, Sounded a bit like capriccioso. Capriccioso, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Very similar cap- to that. I like those <clears throat> kind of traditional yeah. toppings. Yeah. Extra cooked. Like the crispy base, it's um, yeah. Mm. I'm very, I'm annoying like that in chili. Capriccio's is oh, my chili. favorite. We can share, Pete. Well, we can get one each. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we can share the moment. <laughs> and then I'll just sprinkle some pineapple on top. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, I love pineapple on pizza. I don't usually eat pineapple like, but on a pizza cooked and that, I'm like, oh my days. That's cool. I reason. used to be judgmental or shit yeah. like that, and mm. then I went, you know what? A lot of people don't like my life choices. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Just yeah, let people yeah. live their life. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I don't think I can do this podcast with you anymore, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's going to divide a few people, isn't it? <laughs> we shouldn't go this deep with our questioning. Yeah. <laughs> we done it too early, too quickly. <laughs> so is pizza the third question? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, do you want another one? No, that's all good. Okay. No, it's just... I'm excited. Sweet. We'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in in all seriousness, um, Pete does have this aura about him. I first met him and he didn't remember because why would he? We um, we went to, he works in the barbershop in Coolum, just down the road. And um, that's where me and my little boy get our hair cut. And I saw this dude down there cutting hair and I'm like, he never did mine. I never booked in with him. We did it on system. I didn't know who was who to do it with. But every time I saw him cutting hair and stuff, I'm like, there's something about this dude. I'm like, don't know him from a bar of soap or whatever, but I, there's something about him. And then, I don't know, two years later, <laughs> I reckon it would be yeah. close to, yeah. I've seen him in the gym where we train out of. I think Coolum... Uh, Fitness is the hub for people to come to get into their deep health because yeah. it's, it's attracting a lot of um, people like this um, in, in the gym. And I saw him in there and I'm like, hey, dude, how you going? I just started chatting. I'm like, mm. hey, I'm Will. And then as soon as he opened his mouth and started talking, I'm like, sweet. And had that connection with him. Does that happen a lot to you? Yeah, a little bit. I wouldn't say a lot. There are times when I... I'm not sure where I know someone from. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know you. I was at another cafe a little while ago and these women in front were talking. Then I joined in the conversation. <laughs> and then one of them turns to me. She kept turning to me. I went, why do I know you? Turned out it was a cousin's friend from years ago. I'm like, have I cut your hair? Have I done this? <laughs> like, what, what avenue do I know you from? Yeah. Um, but people do pick the voice. Yeah. More so than anything. They, it's that distinct voice and they go, huh, I know who you are now. And I'm like, uh, remind me. Because <laughs> I don't, and this comes down to like attachment to things as well, mm. that letting go of things in life. 
I like to be present when I'm with people. Yep. And then if I'm with clients in the barbershop, I don't necessarily remember the conversation I had with them last time. It might take a bit. There's a prompt and I'm like, oh, sweet. On it now, I remember. Mm. Or people, I just kind of live the day and then just let it go. Get on with the rest of my life, the other avenues in my life. Yeah. So I don't feel as bad not remembering people, but I still do feel a little bit guilty at times. I'm like, mm. I feel like I should <laughs> remember who you are. That's a that's an amazing gift to have, to be like in that moment, as you say, and then let it go and not be attached to it because I'm guilty of it. Like how many times like, you know, someone cuts you off like on the road or it's just a prick to you down in the street and shit you're even talking about it like a week later <laughs> yeah like, how could that like you know how could that person that oh. or i'm guilty of it with my clients you know we'll have a session together and i'll be right there with them and feeling you know the challenge that's ahead of them and what they're going to be doing for the next seven days and i'll be thinking of them two days later and three days later and five days later and then i'm gonna go just let this go. Like, this is not your stuff. This is their responsibility. Yeah. Let it go. Trust they got it. And let's see them next week. One of my teachers at college taught me that. So it's a skill, not an attribute. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't brought up that way. Mm. <laughs> it's something I've had to develop. But a teacher of mine, when I was studying um, strength and conditioning and remedial therapies, he said, when it comes to like, treating clients, love the shit out of them while they're there. Mm-hmm. And then let it go mm. Mm. because otherwise you build up too much of exactly what you said yeah. you're just thinking it takes up so much real estate in your mind yeah. yeah and you end up stressing yourself out yeah it can be a burden to carry yeah mm. love the shit out of them while they're there mm. and I'm like oh yeah oh that's actually really cool yeah so that's, that's that is cool. yeah. yeah so like and like you see it with people don't you like they they bring work home with them all the time and then they, you know, come home and either take it out on the, their wife, partner, kids, dog, cat, fish, bird, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, snake, object. yeah, whatever, <laughs> yeah, <Worm>. chair. <laughs> Missing the plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you deserve. <laughs> yeah. It's citrus, it won't grow yeah. with that. The yeah. bottle, the bottle. Yeah. But to be able to just have that, and as you say, it's a skill, isn't it? To be able mm. to... Let it go. Dr. Quiet, just let it go. Yeah, I had way too busy a head for way too many years. Mm. So it's one of those things I've really had to work on. Mm. And I work on it every day. Yeah. Because it creeps in, it creeps in, but it's not as consuming Mm. anymore. So what strategy do you have to let it go? Is it just an awareness that, oh, I'm carrying some stuff from the session or... That's part of it. Mm. That's part of it. Part of it is that awareness, being present with yourself, recognizing my own thoughts and feelings in the moment and bringing that back to, hold on, pause, let it go, come back to gratitude or whatever elevated emotion I want. Name five things that you see, the four things you hear, just bring your awareness back to Mm. the current moment. That's one thing, but if it's, persistent I'll I'll look at that myself in my own time break it down or go to my kinesiologist who he's not just a kinesiologist like we were talking off air like there's multiple things each of us does Mm. 
and it's not just the one label. Mm. And I'll go to him and look at what the psycho-emotional spiritual attachment is mm. to what is my hurdle at the moment. Mm. So it depends on how pervasive it is, what, who I feel I need, which practitioner I feel I need to help me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel as men, people in general, but particularly men, we get stuck in that, I can do it myself. Yeah. I should do this myself. <laughs> Outsource it. Yeah. <laughs> get oh. help. Yeah. From someone who can even just tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. And I do that sometimes. I go, you know what? I needed to hear my own advice just then. Thank you very much <laughs> for that reminder. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And it like males, we're talking about males here, um, that, yeah, we just hold it in, don't we? And yeah. if you don't feel comfortable talking to a mate, just, yeah, go find someone, a stranger. It, it is easier talking to a stranger, isn't it? To, mm. to let your emotions out and, and, and deal with it. And, um, with suicide on the rise um, through, yeah. you know, mental health and stuff like that. Mm. It's uh, definitely a topic that um, people need to to yeah. delve into and just go get help mm. and talk to. Yeah, and we need to create that environment around us that we have two or three or four or five people that yeah. we can, you know, release that burden, not carry it. Yeah. Mm. And it comes in so many different ways. Like, I was not expecting the gym to be the way it is when I joined. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to depart where I was for, for different reasons. And I was really nervous because I have that, oh, is it going to be a typical gym environment? Mm. And I walked in, I saw you guys training. I'm like, oh, gee, these guys know what they're doing. These guys are doing something different. They've got meaning and purpose behind what they're doing. I could see you working with clients and going, wow, this is actually pretty cool. And then when I saw the owner who I knew previously, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And it is that different hub. And Will, if you hadn't opened up the conversation, it would have taken a lot longer because I'm often in my head, I'm like, Get in, get to work and go. <laughs> Just bring the intensity and, oh, and get to it. But yeah. that softening to be able to go, oh, mm. oh, you know what? There are other heartfelt people around doing similar things to what I'm doing. Okay. Not something you'd necessarily expect in that environment, mm. but a beautiful thing to have mm. and work as well. And it's really lovely and humbling to know that you did recognize me from the shop and that personality side of things because mm. that's what I want to bring in mm. to something as simple as getting a haircut. Mm. I want men to get away from sinking beers, talking tits and ass and actually talk real life stuff. Mm. Like, man, how are you going? You know, like what's happening? Mm. And the network I've built, be it mentors, the different information I've gotten as well, just from people wanting to share mm-hmm. the things I've been able to help people with and share. Yeah. There are a couple of kids, young athletes that come in and, you know, one of them said, oh, I don't pay for the haircut. I pay for the coaching advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. How good, how good, is, how that? good is that? You go oh. to a barber to get a haircut and you get coached on, yeah. on life skills. Yeah. Like, and I'm going to that barber. Isn't that how it should be? Yeah. Mm. And it's these different things. And like we do in the gym with clients or yeah. different areas, like I was saying, those different environments that people open up. And you guys know this as well, having been in the fitness industry and that 
a lot of clients just want to be heard. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't get that attention and heard from 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 when they're at home or they're stressed. That's their time out. Mm. My first boss told me this and he said it in a not so politically correct way. This is over 20 years ago, mm. mind you. And he said, Pete, our job as as a hair hairdresser is to give these women the attention they don't get at home. Mm. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So it's not about oh. cutting hair. It's not about how good I am and wanting to <laughs> prove how good I am with a blow drying yeah. cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mean it's not about me? Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a moment yeah. from a young 16, 17 year old. Wow, that's great advice, isn't it? That's oh, he was to brilliant. Cop, to cop, yeah. get that, yeah. Yeah, mm. so it's really, it's those kind of things have influenced me, which is why I don't like specific titles. Because mm. the influence we get is from so many different areas, mm. and in an era of micro niching, where that's how people know you, and you've got this one specific thing, I'm more turned on by, 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 by the avenue that we're going down, and the community that we're trying mm. to build here, or mm. not trying, are building. We are, yeah. yeah. We are building, where there's a broadness to it. It's more inclusive. Mm understand people from different angles mm. and I feel this gets lost yeah I don't well. like this idea of being, living in a world where we just have one skill that we're really really good at and then something happens and it's like help I'm in trouble like I don't know what to do mm. I feel mm. like we need to have this broad knowledge but then still rely on people mm. and bring mm. them into our life but just a broader scope of what we can bring to the world yeah mm. That's a great point. What one can bring into life, the people, and as well bringing it back to like men's mental health, when we get so contracted mm. in the negative emotions, mm. the implosions, we're not attracting anyone or anything. And this is something that I noticed in myself a number of years ago. I was not on a good course. I was stuck I was angry. Mm-hmm. I wasn't achieving what I wanted to achieve. And so when you're in stress, you become more self-centered, mm-hmm. more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm intense enough as it is when I'm happy, <laughs> let alone when I'm pissed off, right? <laughs> so I just noticed this. I went, you know what? You're ruining opportunities. How's this going to affect your work? How many places are going to want to have you work with them or for them? How many clients are going to want to, or potential clients are going to want to come to you when, when you get pissed off so easily? Mm. Mm. And to me, it was compartmentalized. I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't get pissed off at you or you. It was because that dickhead cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like, targeted. Yeah. Specifically targeted. Yeah. But it's not healthy. No. And that was a space where... Actually, this goes back to, the, to a childhood thing where um, listening to your guys' stories on the podcast as well. And mm. one of the things where I started differently and we've come to a very similar place, which I find fascinating, I actually grew up with more the spiritual side of things. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. My mum was a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't do it as a job, yeah. but she did do it from people mm. um, at times. And so I was introduced to all of that. Wow. And I was led to believe that, like, there's some great aspects to it, but I was led to believe that everything will come when it's meant to. Everything, 
if it's not meant for you, it won't happen. And just give it time. It'll be fine. Just trust in the universe. There's elements to that, which are gold. Mm. But as I got to college, I started studying more the scientific sides of human development. And then the personality and brain Mm. development, I went, well, there's actually the human element of this. Mm. I'm still living in the third dimension as a human Mm. and need to deal with this messed up psychology. (laughs) So how about we start unraveling that? Yeah. And then things started to progress more. It was like, oh, we need to blend the physical and the Mm. spiritual. It can't just be completely one or the other. We hit these roadblocks. And maybe she was right all along because she knew that there would become a time when you would realize it was important and then go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I shut it off for years because mm. I was a kid in primary school that would comment on someone's aura because, mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't yeah. see colors. I'd see how bright it was Yeah, and how expanded or contracted it was. Mm. It was either light or gray mm-hmm. and it was expanded or contracted. And that was just really weird. <laughs> you think of that in primary school or high school it's yeah, not yeah. not something people conceptualize so i shut it off especially after my nonna passed away my mum's mum because i watched her go down and i saw her aura get darker get more contracted mm. until she passed and then i just really shut it off after that and I just didn't turn it on until more recent times where I went, more recent years where I went, oh, this is becoming a bit more mainstream. Guys can actually talk about <laughs> yeah. this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, wow, mm. wow. How long's this been around? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was the only one because I was contracted. Yeah. It's, uh... I want to tap into that. Tell yeah. me what it was about um, seeing your grandma's aura shrink or reduce in size. Was there like a real resistance um, and challenge there for you that led you to shutting it off? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, When you're about 11, 12, Mm -hmm. it's a big thing to see. Mm. It's quite impactful where this is someone who was a caregiver Mm. throughout your life, like a grandmother's love. I don't know if you guys have um, gotten into David Dieter's work, Way the Superior Man. Mm-hmm. All right, because he, right, so in one of his videos online, he talks about the love of a grandmother, how no one is more open than a grandmother. Mm. They're just so accepting and so loving mm. of who you are, mm-hmm. and they see everything in you. Mm-hmm. And she lived with us towards the end there as well. Um, so going through that, there was the also the element she had advanced Alzheimer's, mm. which for a kid is. Harder to conceptualize as well. Yeah, I had a my nan. <clears throat> I was she had Alzheimer's and she lived with us as well. So I, yeah, same you thing. Know just what watched it's like. it. So did my nan on yeah. my mum's side as well. Oh, right. Yeah. She didn't live with us, but yeah, yeah, she had Alzheimer's. So this is something I've not spoken about much. Mm, so, thank you. Uh, for yeah, sharing. thanks. Oh. Yeah. No, thanks for you guys sharing it on your episodes as well and mm. talking about that family stuff. Because I'm like, again, it's that there are other people out there. That yeah. experience the same thing. Mm. And so seeing that and seeing that just happen, and it's like, it's near. You I was about 17, impending. 18 years old. I can't imagine what it would be like being 11. Yeah. It's, mm. it was what it was. Yeah. You know, it's, um, but it was very emotionally traumatic. Mm. I That's think a, I was about 14. Yeah. 
15, 14, 15. They're all very similar. Yeah. It doesn't matter what age we're at. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The position of a teenage boy or pre-teens boy mm. or kid, it's tough, man. Mm. Mm. I see people who lost their parents in their early teens or mid-teens. I'm like, wow, I'm glad that it, I was in my mid-30s when my mum passed mm. because that was hard enough and mm. still is, yeah. let alone seeing yeah. it at such a fragile age. Yeah. And that was my grandmother. And yeah, you know, it was just that. It was a loss. It was mm. a loss. I mm. didn't have a lot of grandparents around. A couple had passed before I was born. One passed when I was three. Mm. And so that was the last one left. What was, what was it about the aura and seeing the aura that you, you know, why did you connect the loss with shutting down seeing the aura? Avoiding painful experience. Avoiding pain. Yep. Like being able to see what was coming before it happened. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what if I see that in someone else? What if I see a grey aura? What do I do about that? Mm-hmm. Like I knew, I could say to my mum, yeah. Yeah, I can see her aura is getting dark and my mum got it. But you see that in someone else you know. You see that in a, someone you don't know. Mm. You, what do you say? Mm. At a young age, you sound like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, but your yeah, aura is really dark. It's just like, are you okay? It's like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> That's a housing estate. That's not... <laughs> It's a housing estate on the Sunshine Coast. It's not a thing. (laughs) And I just felt like I was one of the only kids that, yeah, it made me feel a bit crazy. It was a bit painful. You go, well, no one else is going to understand me, assumptions. Mm. Mm. (laughs) So I just went internal with it. Yeah, I suppose that, like I spoke about this on my podcast about being able to tap into spirits and stuff like that. and. Mm. I remember I went on a Port Arthur. This is probably the first time I probably really noticed it. I went on a Port Arthur trip, like a ghost tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was cool. pretty young as well, but I could just—I don't know—I could see every like I could just see everything, and mm. I'm like, "What the hell?" And I went back to the hotel, and they just followed, followed, and I could just still see. And I'm like, "I'm just tripping. This is just like..." Yeah. But now, obviously, I look back on it. I'm like, oh, "I don't think I was." No. But, but even that point there, I was like, like you see on TV and you heard about the the witches and the these crazy people that can see, like you know I think the not long after the Sixth Sense or something came out with that young yeah, kid yeah. on there and it was, I was just like oh this is all maybe that was a little bit after but I but it's like from then I I shut it off as well because you yeah, think you're just right. a little bit crazy yeah in a sense it's totally portrayed as crazy. Yeah, yeah, because I, I suppose it doesn't align with, like how we were just saying before, uh, I wanted to ask this question before, is mm. that you got this side of it, which was massive back in the day when the technology and the, the science wasn't caught up with mm. it. Mm. People intuitively just knew, yeah. like the, the energy or if you see stuff or ever how it is you deal with it, they just yeah. knew. And then science started coming along and started proving some stuff wrong or did it or didn't it and then we just became so science based mm. and it sort of got us to the where we're at the moment where we're just science yeah. religion it's, if it's if science can't prove it then it doesn't it, exist it's, it's not real yeah <laughs> i think though there's been a good shift with the likes of 
Dr. Joe Dispenza coming in yeah. and bridging that gap. Yep. He does a great job of bridging some of that gap. And I mean, when I look at the spiritual community, there are a lot, I think a lot comes down to the terminology. Mm. Mm. The way things are explained, even for me sometimes, are a bit too airy-fairy yeah. for people to really grasp and start listening to and believing. And it comes down to that communication, mm. communication skills. It does. Who are you, what are you trying to convey? Who are you trying to connect with? How are they going to understand it? Because for me, some like a man who's very much in the masculine a lot of the time, listening to a woman talk about fairies... No, I don't. That doesn't resonate with me. But I can relay it in my mind a different way. Yeah. Just take the concept mm. of an etheric being. Yeah. Not necessarily a fairy or an angel. It's just words we put to, like God, universe, whatever people refer to the great, the cosmos. Yeah. To what's greater than us. Yeah. Just a different word, I feel. Mm to relate I bought a couple of books at a bookshop um, a few weeks back yeah. and um, they were old and dusty and dirty um, and they I was just smell? like oh I wonder and they smelled yeah they smelled. cool <laughs> <laughs> and I, but they just called me We, um, my in-laws were over we went to Mulaney or Montville I can't remember and we had a cup of tea and they all wanted to go right up the street and I just felt this like pull to this bookshop and it was just extraordinary I was just like I'm going this way <laughs> It's really uncharacteristic. See ya. <laughs> and I was in there for about three hours. Like an hour and a half later, Jill was like, are you still here? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to be here for a while. I feel like I still should be here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and then they went, they went and did the whole thing. They came back and they're like, we're done. Are you going to come now? And I was like, oh yeah, I'll just buy these books. <laughs> So I bought like 14 books I spent um, <laughs> my tax dollars that hopefully will come back to me <laughs> 10 times, which they always do. <laughs> but anyway, I found these beautiful books. One was ESP. One was, um, oh, wow. oh, they were just books that, you know, four or five years ago, I wouldn't have even touched. I would have just brushed mm. them aside, not looked at them, not even gone to read them. And they were from like the 1900s or the 1960s. And some of it spoke to our our ESP, our intuition, our mm. ability, or not ours in humankind, um, but examples of people who were like, there was this issue on this ship and it was like in a completely different country that had all these professionals come and check out the engine. There was a problem with it. They were out stuck at sea for like a month, losing all their profit. Things were going wrong and they called this guy who can just tap into what's going on. He tapped into the ship the engine, noticed the problem. All the uh, specialists were checking it out when the engine was cold. All they needed to do was check it out when it was hot and it would have shown the leak ah. in the tap. So he was able to see, look at it, find the spot, tell them what was wrong, and he'd never ever visited the ship. And that's just, wow. these books are just telling countless stories of this sort of scenario. And it's just waking up in me um, little things like, um, I had a client the other day and there was, you know, there was this reason for me to see her and be with her mm. um, just to, you know, bring more joy to her life, more, more passion. We just, she 
tried to push me aside and I just knew I, I shouldn't let her go in this moment. We needed to have another session. So we had another session. Mm-hmm. She really appreciated it. And right before, about two hours before, I thought the work we need to do together today is on creating your ideal day. Mm. And I'm thinking about this and I'm imagining how great this will be for her. And during the session, about 10 minutes in, when I asked her if it was okay if we did that today, she said, you know what? I was driving here and I was thinking, what would be like the most valuable way to spend this hour? And that was it. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's just awakening, isn't it? It's, be, it's starting to happen. It's been um, just pushed down so much, hasn't it? Just... I, I think as well that courage to actually ask that question. I do too. Because mm. I used to, again, I was... I repressed myself mm. and when I was doing clinical remedial therapies, of course you're hands on with someone. Mm. So you're totally connected to their energy mm. and I would ask questions, mm. certain areas of the body. Cause I'm a big believer of the metaphysical and how that, how our psycho emotional states create disease or yeah. pre preludes to injury and all that kind of thing. And so I would question about different areas or, I'd get a feeling and then I just go, nah, just let them, nah, it's not your place. Sometimes it is because they're already thinking well, something. Well, it's coming up like, especially when you're massaging, isn't it? Mm. Like that's coming through you. The, the message is coming through you. So you, yeah. you, like, it's like, just like, you got to say it, but because you sort of yeah. feel I'm like a crazy person. Because that attachment to the crazy title, yeah, yeah. How do I know this? How do I know this is true? Then you say it, and then and then like it, you did yeah. T Dog. They're like, oh yeah, like you know, it's just that we're all on a frequency wave, aren't we? And all then it's that the, uh, yeah. sorry, and then it's that other second layer of like, mm. oh, I'm a remedial massage therapist. That's not in my realm of work. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, we do have to be careful on overstepping certain boundaries. But I do believe when you've got certain messages, I'm not telling the person what to do with their lives. I'm just asking mm. a mm. question, mm. which can then help them release that. Mm. Yeah. And that's one thing I noticed after, particularly after my mum passed away, that, in, that intuitive side just really ramped up. There's a real thing around trauma opening you up yeah Yeah. Um, it's an incredible thing a lot of women go through this after childbirth Mm. and their sixth sense and their just intuitive side opens up Mm. because that's hell hell traumatic oh yeah but it's it's so impressive mm, it is yeah because a mum like can hear a baby's cry she could be in deep sleep and just hear it and wake up. Whoa! Yeah. And I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and go, geez, the kids slept all the way through, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of thing. Mm. Can't wake them up during the day. Yeah, yeah. But the kid, boom. And yeah. They're yeah. insane like that. Mm. And I noticed when I started getting back into the therapies, because there are a couple of other more trauma release therapies and energetic modalities that I never really spoke about much. It was stuff that I was into that I liked, but a lot of people didn't. Yep. And now, of course, trauma is a catchword mm. and people are waking up to what affects us in life mm-hmm. and how that affects us. And so I decided I was going to start speaking, speaking my truth, speaking up. And now I'll get visions, mm. not just a sense, but I'll get the visions. And I started 
asking questions mm-hmm. when I had someone on the table and yeah it was there it was on mm. so I think there's that real importance on trusting ourselves mm. and that non-attachment to if they don't resonate with it maybe they do and they don't want to talk about it maybe they don't yeah that's okay Mm. might be a seed I don't know Mm. about you guys and I'm sure you've had this experience as well Mm. as we become more aware more open all of a sudden this thought pops in the head of something you were told years ago and you go oh (laughs) now that seed's germinated (laughs) now I have a plant (laughs) I did not understand it and I brushed that person off yeah I've actually sent those people text messages at times (laughs) going hey I you probably don't remember this, but one day you said this to me and it just dropped in. The penny just dropped. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for wanting to help improve my life. I know I didn't seem appreciative at the time, yeah. but I'm so grateful now. Yeah. That was not a habit I had when I was younger though. No, and it's good, isn't it? Like that, that's where I suppose coaches, us as coaches or friends and stuff, if you feel something like, don't hold it back. Actually say it to um, mm. your, your mate, like, are you okay? Mm. Even if he goes, yes, sweet. He might go start driving home or whatever and just be like, shit, I'm not okay. Yeah. And then he ends up texting you just going, blah, 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 and, 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 and spills it all out. And, and you know, you phone that call. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But instead of going, <clears throat> oh, shit, you know, Will wasn't okay today. No, he must have just been having a bad day. We'll just leave it at that. It's mm. like, just, yeah, just ask. Check drop, in. Yeah, check in and just drop it. And yeah, yeah. that's why that catchphrase is, you know, are you okay is a good one. Yeah. I think on another level to that is what you spoke to earlier was um, that checking in with yourself as well um, when you had any kind of uh, resistance or feeling after a session. Mm. And it was like, okay, I'm going to drop this feeling of thinking about what we had with that client today or whatever you can feel in yourself oh my elbow's a bit tight and ask yourself Mm. like what is this yeah yeah definitely doesn't have to be just external for other people Mm. Mm. and there was an element of that that came from the gym i was at previously i tweaked my shoulder it was a biceps tendon Mm. i tweaked my biceps tendon and it just wouldn't go away Mm. I knew how to do the rehab. I did the stuff myself. I went to another practitioner to get another avenue on it to get out of my own ego that I could fix it. <laughs> and it just wouldn't go away. Mm. Two weeks in the new gym, mm-hmm. haven't had a problem with it since. It just dissipated. Mm. Wow. And it was that, okay, so what am I holding on to? Yeah. Mm. What is weighing me down? What is What am I clutching to that's heavy on the end of my arm emotionally? Because there were elements that I was clinging to mm. on a personal level because mm. mm. I wasn't sure if I could get certain equipment or certain aspects <clears throat> elsewhere. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, two weeks. Yeah. Boom, cleared up. Okay, that's what I was holding on to. Thanks. Yeah. That's really Thanks, buddy, for telling me yeah. that. Yeah, that's um, my homie Paul Check, yo. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. He calls it the pain teacher, isn't it? You know, the, wherever you get pain, like injury, emotionally... Um, is it's just trying to teach like it's the emotion that's coming with it that you need mm. to look at and um, if you keep ignoring it it'll get you even you know Ooh, yeah. a crisis or you know cert, like it'll just absolutely stuff you yeah until you deal with that that um, process and one thing I'd like to to um, bring 
bring to you guys as well for us all to discuss. Like, times when you look at people who have had chronic illness in your life, knowing what you know now, and whether they've passed, whether they're not, but being able to see what is attached to that. Yeah. That and that for me sometimes is an upsetting thing where again, like we said before, you can't hold on to the date. You go, man, I can just really I can really see what what the emotions are behind this. Like one of the things um, that I will mention is looking at the types of cancer that I've seen in the family, types of cancer that my mother had, and looking at, from a metaphysical point of view, the emotions to do with those organs. From, uh, from that Chinese philosophy perspective, from those studies, I looked at what and how that mm. built up over the years mm. in those sp- specific organs. this is a big part of it this is decades of suppressed Mm. emotion and so when for anyone that is listening that might have this themselves or see it it's not something that's happened now you can trace that back when did that start you know you keep this is one thing I noticed in myself as well because I went I don't want to have that I had what um, are often like the legacy issues, like the digestive problems from when I was a baby, couldn't be breastfed because I was that lactose intolerant, couldn't even yeah. have breast milk. And these food food intolerances growing up, and mm. back then there wasn't the information that there is now 30 years ago and mm. plus. No. So it was a matter of elimination, mm-hmm. using naturopathics to maintain the system. But it wasn't really getting anywhere. And through my studies, getting into the health and getting into more, looking at that psycho-emotional side, I went, nah, nah, this has to be part of my purpose in life. Like, I just felt that was one thing from my childhood that was an indicator where I needed to go yeah. in my life. Because mm. I'm like, nah, this, this cannot be it. Mm. Feels yeah. bigger than this. Yeah. yeah, this cannot be my life. And I remember the one day looking at how many supplements I was taking a day, mm. a week. Mm. And these are not workout supplements. Mm. These are naturopathics. And I went, this is just maintaining a shitty state. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If I go off these, I plummet. And there's that Chinese proverb, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. And it just seems when I've got an element of aggression behind me, yeah. when I make decisions, that's when shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> so like people go, oh no, you can't be angry. I get results sometimes that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. It Not at other people, but when that, I guess there's that saying that passion is that combination of that love for something and the hate of it too. Yeah. So yeah. you've still got a, an element of that drive, that aggression, yeah. which can be channeled in a good way. And then I started to find the practitioners that had some answers. Yeah. It was actually my kinesiologist, who's also a naturopath, yeah. and studied a whole bunch of other stuff. I started to get results, started to get progress over time. I brought all that down, functioning so much better. And I'm like, whoa. Imagine if I had that information mm. when I started being an athlete. Mm. I wouldn't have had the physical crashes because I remember listening to your episode, Tristan, about the amount of hours you used to train as a tennis player. Yep. I was very limited because of my constitution. I had these 
digestive disorders from when I was a kid, and then you get the years of nutritional deficit, yeah, which wreaks havoc later. Mm. And so I was more prone to getting injured. I was more prone to getting burnt out. And there was only a certain level I could get to. Mentally as well, I wasn't where I am now or where I could have been had I had a, a more tar- a coach that understood how to connect with people. Mm. Mm. There's a difference between the instructors and the coaches. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hugely. So yeah. instructors that could teach me how to fight, how to be a better physical athlete, but not the mental athlete. Mm. And so I, I, I had a big physical crash. You know, and this is one area where we get into like the body dysmorphia and the praising of unhealthily low body fat. Yeah. I I knew psychologically I wasn't in a good state, mm. but I couldn't get myself out of it. Because of my my digestive problems, I wasn't retaining, absorbing and utilizing nutrients. I couldn't retain calories. Yeah. So then my body fat got so low, I was at that level where guys walk on stage. Yeah. And I was just getting praised for it, for how lean and ripped. I'm like, in my head, I'm going, you have no idea how messed up I am. <laughs> I can see the the veins on my ribs. Mm, mm. That is not healthy. No, no. And I was busting my ass, training like an animal in that state. Yeah. So my body didn't have the nutrients or the fat, the fat to recover, Yeah. to nourish. Yeah, the hormones and the... I had such a huge physical crash. It was six weeks out from going to compete in Japan and I just had this massive physical crash, glandular fever, mm-hmm. I was out. Yeah. And the process trying to come back from that was so, because I just hit my stride. Mm. I had a couple of national titles under my belts in different, no, I only had one at that time, sorry. I was going to Japan for the first time, got selected, yep, yeah, cool. Doing what? Sorry? Doing what? Oh, um, Kyokushin Karate. So can I just yeah. can I just pause before we go into that because this is going to yeah, be yeah. pretty cool. Um, there's a book. It it didn't start with you. Um, uh-huh. I was just about to look for it. Um, but with the emotions and in the body, like it goes back. You can be holding it for seven generations. Yes. I just wanted to pop that in there. So it might not even be like your um, emotion or anything like that. Yeah. Like it could be. Your mums, it could have been your granddads or grandmas or whatever, because it gets passed right. down generation after generation. Because yeah. when you hear that, <clears throat> oh, it's in the family. Mm. Um, it's again, it's just words. We're using words, and we say that, so it allows us to be that person. So yeah. whether it's you're unhealthy or you can't do this because you know that's blah blah blah. You yeah. you use those words, and yeah, I just thought I I I didn't want to lose that because. No. Sometimes there is problems and you're like, oh, what is it? What have I done? What, like, you know, and sometimes it's not even you. You've got to look back. And yes. Go, okay, did my, what, like, how was my grandparents? What were they doing? What was their life like? What, you mm. know, boom, mm. boom, 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 boom. Oh, this turns me on. So let's. <laughs> me too. Let's be on this for I've got a, a uh, hard on, a generation hard on. I've got a metaphorical. <laughs> I often say I've got a metaphorical hard on over this. <laughs> Keep your pants on, lads. Communication, yeah. (laughs) Communication, just so we're like all on the same page. (laughs) But um, this is one thing I loved. So um, it was was after all that period of my life and I knew that I had to really get to work on changing these family dynamics Mm. because my mum's mum had 
had digestive problems and uh, female health problems, but mums were worse. My sister's was worse again. And mm. I got a certain amount of that as well. And tracing that back, mum and I both went to two different kinesiologists about the digestive problems and where did they start. And two different practitioners linked it back to the same generation. Mm. Mm. So you think about where they came from. Both my parents come from the same region in Italy. Where's that? Yeah, uh, Calabria. So that's the toe of the boot, just above yep. Sicily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so very rural, farming, poverty-stricken area. So for generations, these people farmed, didn't get to keep a lot of the food for themselves. Mm-hmm. They were mm. farmers and the food went out. Right, yeah. And so they were in such a state of poverty, so you're not getting those new nutritional needs net. Yeah. N- needs <laughs> met. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. And physically, emotionally... You think they're in the mountains or by the coast in an isolated area. People didn't have cars. There wasn't connection. They had their family and their community, but there wasn't broader knowledge. Mm. It was get up, work. The women worked, the men worked, and the women had to work and then do the housework as well. Mm. Raise the kids. It was very difficult. So you can see how it's just that generational wearing down. Mm. of the human organism Mm. so the genes that were passed on were not as good so yeah those legacy burdens where they do get carried on and that's been a big focus of my journey early on Mm. when i started with the kinesiologist i went okay so what's happening in the family what are these common things Mm. that i don't want anymore that don't serve me Mm. let's get to work on that and then breaking that energetic connection and that family that link in the chain Mm. then with the physical work i was doing i responded a lot better Mm. my health improved it was melding that spiritual not so much a spiritual just that genetic yeah which we know now science proves that that memory is stored in the cells that genetic thing like you said the seven generations Mm. i've only worked with three Three to five? Mm. I didn't realize it was seven. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's exciting, right? Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Because we go, what can we do with this in my life? How much of my life is actually mine right now? And how much is past generations? Yeah. Other people's in our lives. So to tap into you a bit more on this level, yeah. what were some of the things that you picked up that were generational? And then what were the energetic attachments Mm. Yeah, okay. We'll go there. Yeah. We'll yeah. Go there. yeah, this is an interesting there. one. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. That's a really interesting one. So, um, okay, one of the things that was picked up in, again, my mum's side of the family, mm-hmm. when I was studying iridology, which is a study of health through the iris yep. and the eyes, that comprises the last three generations in that, in that model. Um, so there are pe- signs in the pancreas areas in myself, uh, my mum and my mum's sister who actually does have diabetes. Yeah. So there are these links in that sugar sensitivity, that lactose intolerance, mm-hmm. anything that ends in nose for anyone out there that's not aware is a sugar. So there's that. That's the pancreas, the um, liver. 
the pancreas, you're looking at feelings of being unappreciated, unacknowledged, uncared for. Mm. And there are a few more to it. I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. But that comes through that family line. Yeah, well, just saying like you were saying, the fun, like work, food gets taken out. Like you don't get it. You're just working, grinding. Like, yeah. You're not going to feel appreciated, are you? No. no. And the liver, which is also a primary producer of digestive enzymes, repressed anger, mm. frustration. Mm. In Chinese philosophy, the, uh, the, the partnering organ, the yin and yang organs there, mm. are the liver and gallbladder. Mm. So with when one comes into play, often you've got the other. So then you've got the rage of the gallbladder. Mm. And you think, well, that particular region is known to be some of the most angry, most violent in the country. <laughs> so when like, people think of Italians and Southern Europeans being really passionate and happy people, they are... But then when they get angry, it's equally as passionate. <laughs> it's equally yeah. as angry and violent. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things, because like I said, where I'm at now is not where I was. No. I was very quick off the trigger. That's a family thing. It's a cultural thing. Mm. I laugh about it now with cousins or friends from similar backgrounds mm. of how our dads, our uncles, mm. the older generations used to go off and how they'd carry on. Mm. It's a joke now, but energetically, emotionally, it's not a joke. Yeah, because I'm the same. Like, I can hold it pretty sweetly now, but when I go, <laughs> I go. <laughs> and there's and a place for that. Yeah. Um, I feel there's a place to hold that mm. when necessary. Like Jordan Peterson says, build yourself into a monster and then learn to control it. Yeah. So there's that. Does it control me or can I call it in a state where I may need to fight for my life, my safety, my family's safety? Because I'm overprotective as shit. You know, <laughs> that's one of the things I think that comes from a cultural aspect as well. Very protective of those you care about. Mm. So also with my martial arts background, I don't like conflict. I don't enjoy fighting. But when it's when it comes to that, I'm I'm willing to engage if necessary. Yeah. Always try to talk out of it first. Mm. Mm. But if there's that point, and I think if we suppress our our shadow and our dark side or see it try to get rid of it, mm. that's going to be some problems mm. because it's repressed. What you resist persists. It's going to come out elsewhere. Yeah. And this is one thing that I feel as, as well, part of my purpose with what I want to achieve working with men, um, looking at previous generations of not just my family, my culture, but just in general, yeah. everywhere is... The burdens of the feminine, the burdens of the women, the wounding, and being starting my career in women's hair, I saw that, I heard a lot of it. Mm. And you know, what I saw in my life, I just went, I had this real sense of injustice towards it. And I wanted to change it. And I thought that would be because I was in female dominated industries, I was meant to be there, mm. doing it from that angle. Mm. But over the years, as I became more confident, more solid in myself, more better boundaries, more assertive, women didn't respond to me as well mm. or as much because I wasn't like the gay best friend. Even though I was straight, it was like, 
I fell into that gay best friend kind of category mm. Mm. in the friend zone. So I'd be the one they'd come and talk to, which was cool. And I'm happy to do that for people I care about. But I just went, at some point I went, you know what? I need to work on the men. Mm. Because my influence from the masculine was not the best, like most of us, you know, like a lot of us. Um, a lot of us didn't have that because of the way we've been conditioned over the generations. Yeah, there was the softness. Is that what you're talking about? The yeah, vulnerability? Yeah, and that the the softer side of the masculine, I think a lot of people get them confused mm. where where I remember talking to to a woman who wasn't happy in her relationship. She had a very passive, soft partner who couldn't speak up, would tolerate her abuse and all of this. And it goes both ways, yeah. by the way. But he was very soft and repressed. Mm-hmm. And I said something about an alpha male. And she goes, I don't like alpha males. And I said, well... How do you perceive an alpha male? Mm. Aggressive, domineering, and there were some other things too, but it was along those lines, mm. it was that negative side. And mm. that to me is not an alpha. Mm-mm. That's not, that's the wounded masculine trying to assert itself. Yeah. Mm. Whereas you get a, some of the toughest blokes you'll ever meet are okay being soft and nurturing. Mm. Yeah. There's that parent inside us all that's that nurturing parent. Yeah. But we do it from a masculine standpoint. You can, you sort of look at the UFC. I'm going to use the UFC. you got these mm. like machines that could just kill you like that. But then you speak to them like um, you hear them on interviews and or, or podcasts. Mm. And they're the nicest, calmest <laughs> yeah. people yeah. ever. Just chilled. Yeah. And that I see that. That's like a true warrior. That's a true alpha. Someone that when they have to rip someone's head off or mm. stand up and, and be that presence and do it, mm. perfect. But other than that, they're, they're loving from the heart. They want to know everyone's having a good time. Everyone's chill. Yeah. Everyone's, the last thing they do is want to have a fight. That's right. You know, you get, and then you get these. And they're doing it in a controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With rules. Yeah. Because there are rules to it. And you guys know, having been high-level athletes as well, there's that. There, there is that competitive killer instinct that comes out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mine was every time I, every time I cross that white. It's a bit different now, but cross that white line at football when I was a young, full of testosterone, going nuts. Still am, really. But uh, yeah, oh man, I was. I'd kill anyone on the pitch. I'd, yeah. I'd try and hurt them. I'd like just anything to to win. As soon as that siren went, and I walked off the pitch. Just cool, calm, mm. chilled. Yeah, tennis, Tristan. That's a pretty aggressive sport at times. It's it is. It's I think it's a passive aggressive sport. You know, it's like you can do it in a really sort of nasty but quiet way. Like mm. just not give anyone any respect by the way that you're late or you delay yourself to the match or you yeah, just turn you, turn your back on the server just to piss them off or you hit the balls away from them. Mm. Um, there's little things like that. I remember I played this really big tall guy. He was six foot. I was probably five, six in Canberra. And um, we got two minutes into the warm-up. It was time to practice our serves. I went to pick up the two balls to give to him. So he had four. 
And while I'd bent over to pick up the balls, he served a bomb straight at me and hit me on the ball. Oh, that's terrible. And I just went like full in a rage, didn't know how to express it, and just every opportunity to fucking peg a ball at him, I would. Yeah. And he, I think he beat me six love, six yeah. love, because I was too busy trying to hit him back. This is why I didn't play hockey growing up. Because yeah. when I was a little kid, we lived out in a regional area where hockey was big. Yeah. And I said I love Ninja Turtles, man. I and any object was a weapon. Do you actually love Ninja Turtles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch it a yeah, lot. Same, right, the original yeah. movie from nineteen ninety or eighty nine yeah, came yeah, to me this yeah. morning. I was doing oh, I my do. teeth in the mirror and They're, I was like, I'm going to ask him about the Ninja Turtles. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There was there's that intuition and yeah. stuff like that. Just because like Mac. Was it McEnroe? Yeah. He was one mm. of the first to be like just explosive on court. Oh, mm. totally. It comes in and often one of my mates, he was an elite triathlete. Mm. Fastest diabetic triathlete in the world. Yeah. Mind right. you. That's an accomplishment to be have an elite license and be a diabetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he had that killer mentality. Yeah. And he would tell me about the zones he would go into, like, now it's time for you to die. And that's triathlon. There's no contact. Yeah. But that, how that aggression fuels our testosterone mm. and the hormones that are getting us ready for that fight or flight. Yeah. It's still applied Does. in a competitive way yeah. to win. Mm. And that is one thing I think is wonderful when it's harnessed correctly. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Which is very masculine. Um, and the feminine can be strong. Mm. Look at Mother Nature. Oh. This is what I try to tell women that I know that are struggling with with this dichotomy I'm like look at mother nature a woman look at a mother protecting her kid like the lioness yeah right even if you're the father if she feels the kids are threatened in some way she's oh, yeah. gonna rip your head off <laughs> yeah. yeah she will yeah yeah she'll she, they go don't they and then the male has to come in and help like <laughs> not lions the lions the woman the lioness she does all the killing, everything, just yeah. puts it back to... Vicious. Mother yeah. Nature. Look at the ocean today. Pristine. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, you could drown. Yeah. Well, last week even. <laughs> you could drown going in up to your hips. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Get that's hit right. by a, a bed or something. And there was all sorts in there, wasn't there? And yeah, that's there one thing I feel we need to understand as men and women is that... Well, this is the way that I relate to it. I know not everyone's the same, but the way that I relate... There's a softness and vulnerability to the masculine. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a toughness to the feminine as well. Oh, yeah. It's when those mm. things are in check or out of check. Yeah. And I feel with previous generations that hyper wounded masculine to have to be tough, to have to act a certain way, to talk a certain way. Mm. And it comes through in so many areas of life when you repress it. Some people like to go and gamble some people like um really abusive uh sexual practices Mm. because they're not dealing with it expressing it elsewhere and if you're into that that's cool i'm just talking from my perspective Mm. where Mm. i look and go it's actually domestic violence is this really where we want to be as men what type of man do i want to be there's a place for assertion but when do we cross that border Mm. and these are the things i've had to learn because i used to cross borders and I used to joke about it saying, yeah, I like to push boundaries. Mm. Which, when applied right, can be good. But then you just violate people's boundaries as well. Mm. For what? Mm. 
what purpose did it bring? Alienating myself from people. Mm. That's not good. No. Just to have that feeling of, ha, got to rise. So, and? Mm. You just made someone feel uncomfortable. That's yeah. shit. Mm. Who enjoys that? I don't. Yeah. And I think it, in the times today as well, they're trying to suppress masculine, like that alpha male. Mm. Like, you know, it, it, it is... And it, I'm intrigued to see where it goes, like how the male uh, with the next generation come up. Yeah. Like what? How do you think they're trying to suppress the masculine right now? Um, it's a good question. I've got an example. Yeah. So if you, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, with the whole cancel culture, Mm-hmm. And the Me Too movement, which is good. It Love serves it. a yep. great purpose, right? Yep. Definitely needed to happen. There are also a lot of the wounded people struggling with the wounded feminine mm. who, if you don't agree with them mm. and you don't follow their way, then you're abusive. Yeah. And you're toxic. Yeah. And they label you. There's a lot of this in workplaces as well where there might be a couple of guys just having a bit of a chat. Someone walks past. I don't like Tristan. Oh, he said this, goes to the boss. Ah, oh, it's, it's harassment. I heard something I didn't like. Mm. Wasn't your conversation to be in. Mm. Wasn't directed at you. So there are these passive aggressive ways that men are being suppressed. And mm. it's like, oh, but you can't say that. I was making like a harmless joke to my mate. Mm. And mm. I wasn't even in there. And then, of course, my my father, who was a police officer, the amount of false allegations that come through just to get back at someone. Yeah. Because, be, because they were didn't want to go ahead, didn't want to agree just for the sake of it. And went, no, this is my boundary. I'm not going to watch Magic Mike. <laughs> no, at the cinema. <laughs> this is demoralizing yeah. for me. I watch it at home though. <laughs> I'm not paying to watch yeah, yeah. it. I wait till it's free. And then I'll watch it with you. Yeah. Um, but no, there are those kind me. of things. <laughs> so then with the, especially with cancel culture the way it is oh, today, oh. you can't it you can't just say no to someone. You can't assert healthy boundaries and say, I don't agree with you and that's okay. Mm. I'm never going to agree with you on this topic. Yeah. You have to be right on with their thing. And it's uh uh, even with the whole women in politics thing at the moment, yeah, I don't care about gender. I want competence. Mm. Well, yeah, doesn't everyone? Ever who can do the job, yeah. do the job. But Male, yeah. female, non-binary, yeah. whatever. You and know, there's you... a lot of cry about that, but there are mm. women I know who are entrepreneurs, crushing it. Yeah. They're not getting involved in politics and that, but they're crushing it in their life mm. and just really healthy. Mm. Healthy mentally, emotionally, and they're like, yeah, you know what? We need men and women. We need people to get together and build these communities and all contribute yeah. rather than try to control. And I see that way where there's a bit of suppression instead of celebration mm. in those kind of examples. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, there's definitely a place for women and men in politics. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think without knowing too much is is the reason 
this women in politics movement has come about is because they've felt like they haven't had the opportunity that men have had. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you see this in the corporate world a lot as well. Mm. Um, I'm very big for equality, but I don't agree with quotas. Yeah. Getting certain demographics, regardless of gender, certain demographics in just to make a quota. Yeah. I agree with who's going to be the best for the job. There's corruption at every level. Yeah. There's nepotism. These are the things that we're fighting against. Mm. So why not go out and create your own journey? Instead mm. of trying to fit into someone else's system, get out of the job system and the corporate system. Go and create something. Bring your gift to the world in some way. Yeah. And this is what I find these women that I know personally who are just doing great things. Yeah. They're going, well, what can I bring? Like, what about me and my life and my story can I bring to other women? Can I inspire? Mm. Can I show men that there are strong women out there that are capable, you know? Because that's sexy as. Yeah. When you're confident in yourself as a man and you see a woman who is also confident, they've got a goal, they've got a purpose in life, yeah. and they're okay with communicating clearly, and they're okay with disagreements, and they can debate healthily. You just go, oh. Love that. Yeah, Yeah, right? (laughs) It's really sexy. And I think maybe this will encourage women to step out more if we see them in politics. Mm. I say, why fight a system that's um, rigged in some way anyway? Mm. Mm. Like um, we're doing, getting people into different community in our local area. Yeah. Yeah. That's open to the right pieces of the puzzle. It's not based on demographic. No, yeah, it doesn't like... That's what I want us to get to, where we celebrate every, the pros and cons of everything. It's pieces of the puzzle, not trying to fight and be like the other, but compensate, compliment, bring that puzzle together. That's what I want to see. Strong men and women coming together. Yeah, yeah, and it and it is, isn't it? Because what what you can see um, in the the corporate ladder or the politic ladder is that you know the I'm just going to use it. The women that have been in there, they've had to get this masculine energy, mm. so they become a more male instead of being this nurturing, kind-hearted female. Mm. But yeah, sometimes when she ha- they have to be you know stand up and powerful and stuff like that, that they can do it. So mm. they start over overcompensating to be more that masculine where it's like, no, 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 we just just be you. Yeah. Just like just be you. And the power be loving, be nice. Like Yes. But instead it's just because we've got this construct, these powerful people have to be that like hard hitting masculine yeah. motherfuckers and <laughs> whatever gets in the way. It's just like <laughs> fuck you, no, get get them out, whatever. Yeah. And um yeah (laughs) actually (laughs) one thing that i learned from my mother she was a great example in a lot of ways of what a strong but nurturing woman can be where i learned from her the power of feminine persuasion and i'm not talking about sexual persuasion right because i can see (laughs) and that's where we go right because all of a sudden a woman's powers between her legs yeah no that ability so we know that when, when, when we're confronted as men, women do this too, we get defensive, mm. right? But particularly when you're a competitive male, 
you're the enemy, now it's time for you to lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But my mum just had this way of talking to people and posing questions or putting her view across, putting a different view on a situation across without treading on people's toes, without berating them or bringing them down, without having to win. Mm. And all of a sudden, you'd be engaged on a heart level, wanting to listen and going, oh, oh, I didn't even realise. Oh. Mm. Sometimes it was a way, something that I'd done. It was a way that I was being. Mm. Oh, I didn't realise it affected other people that way. Mm. Or looking at the bigger picture Mm. when I was narrow, focused. Mm. Mm. And she would do this with people in our family and friend circles. She just had this absolute feminine poise about her, but could get things done (laughs) effectively and efficiently. And all of a sudden you're agreeing to this shit that you didn't even want to do before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're going, that actually sounds like a good good idea. And it wasn't manipulation. It was her vision and her perspective and the way she delivered it. Mm. And this is one thing I've tried to get to female friends in my life. There's a real power to the divine feminine. Mm. Oh, yeah. Learning to harness that. It's been a bit lost, but there's a power to that. Yeah. You don't have to be oh. hyper-masculine. You don't have to compete. No. Bring what you do and that power. Mm. That is amazing. Beautiful. So that's why I don't really buy into the political stuff too much. um, Because there is... I would love to see them be able to play that way. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing how it plays out. Mm. But in day-to-day life, how how can the divine feminine stand in her strength, in her power, and use those attributes to influence decision Mm. and to get us to see a different way? Mm. And a male can, yeah, I do. A, a do. male can do that as well. Yes, you know, you know that masculine is get shit done, we'll do it, <laughs> yeah. like get the plan out. That's it. That's how it's going to be done, and then chill. Okay, now I'm going to step into my f- f- feminine um, energy mm. and and talk to people nicely to get that stuff that you want done done. Mm. You know. People are going to do stuff for you if you're nice to them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but if you're always yelling at them, they're just like, yeah. it just doesn't happen. Mm. And it's not, um, it's not just being nice for the sake of being nice, is it? Yeah. It's being real in a real genuine, kind yeah. way. And it has to be genuine. Yeah, this is can... one of the biggest things. Because some people, when I explain how I communicate, they go, but that sounds manipulative. I'm like, no, because I actually mean it. Mm. And I just want to get my point across in the in a clear, concise way and have a better interaction. I genuinely want what I'm saying. Yeah. I genuinely care about that person's position. It's manipulative when you say that and go and do something else. Mm. When your words don't match your actions. Yeah. Yeah. That's manipulation. Mm. And anyone I think we've all done that at some point in our lives. <laughs> Yeah, it's part of the journey, and it? yeah, figuring it all out. Yep, and I've done it, and that was one of my lessons. Because mm. again, coming back to that generational stuff, mm. there are certain ways culturally you should or shouldn't act, so mm. then it would come out 
other ways. Yeah. Be it passive aggressive or, oh, just agree to do that and then go and do what you know is right anyway. <laughs> well, why do we have to keep doing this? Nah. Yeah. This doesn't help anyone. No. It doesn't serve a purpose. And then you're just lying. So no one trusts anyone. <laughs> and that was a lesson I learned. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> that was one of the lessons I learned. Yeah. And also looking at having a police officer for a father, he saw the best and worst of human nature on a regular mm. basis. Mm. He saw manipulation at its best, coercion, mm. all the types of abuse at its best. Mm. I shouldn't say at its best, at its biggest expression. Yeah. yeah. And most explosive expression. He saw that, so there's that distrust of people. So I grew up thinking, I can't trust you, Tristan. You seem nice now. Mm. But when are you going to stab me in the back? Yeah. When are you going to do it, Will? Mm. Took me years until, again, like the last handful or so of years. Once I retired from competing, I because um, I held on to certain issues that I knew were fueling my, my drive. Because mm. I'd done a bit of research with sports psychology and what drives athletic pursuit mm-hmm. and I went oh, okay I can't actually I need to hold on to that until after I've retired <laughs> and then I started to go a bit harder on the personal development a bit harder on the psychological stuff mm. that's when I started to dissolve some of this yeah mm. and went you know what so what you're saying is some of that aggression and frustration and people doing you wrong or feeling hard done by you use that to fuel your sporting yeah excellence but I knew if I didn't deal with it immediately after it would become a bad thing. Yeah. You look at a couple of examples, prime examples in Australian sport, um, Kieran Perkins and Grant Hackett. Mm-hmm. They were the crossover generation, mm. same event, mm-hmm. both at Olympic standard. Kieran Perkins already had an out plan in the last Olympics that he competed in. Mm. He was studying, he was planning his next step. He went on to go, I don't know if he still is, but he was really high up in NAB in the National Australia Bank. Right. I used to cut his hair in Brisbane City. Cut his hair a few times. Really chill guy. Really nice. Doesn't talk sport or swimming mm-hmm. unless you bring it up. Really humble. Some guy looked at him and went, "Hey, aren't you someone?" <laughs> He's like, "I used to be, not now," <laughs> and walked off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Completely different person. Mm. And then we saw Grant Hackett's personal life play out in the media: the drugs, the alcohol, the. DV mm. and all that and what what the truth of all that matter we don't know because media does sensationalize mm. Mm. but he had more of a troubled path there were athletes after in that era that tried to make a comeback mm. a couple of yeah. Olympics ago um, what, was, uh, what was his name um, Jeff Hugel, Hugel. Yeah, yeah Jeff Hugel he was his one I remember yeah Michael Klim tried to make a comeback mm. Hugel was a big party boy um, he liked to go out and that's cool yeah and you find this in a lot of sports when the when you don't deal with those issues that gave you that drive mm. and they lay dormant mm. you either try to make comeback or you become destructive to get mm. that high mm. yeah and really that's if I can go into this without all of us having been athletes you know there's a certain element of that competitive fire mm. of that win mm. Mm that not much in life compares to. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So you try and strive to get that elsewhere. Yeah. I still do it at times. And I have to recognize, I go, no, Peter, you're almost 40. You're not going to mix it with the 20-year-old young guys. <laughs> do you want to put that much time into training and be that tunnel-visioned and single-focused? Could you, though? 
I could. Because, I do believe I could. Because yeah. here's the thing I uh, heard the other day. It's like getting old. It's a story, isn't it? Mm. Like if you start thinking, you know, you can do it and you're younger and you start telling yourself. Yeah. But society says, no, once you start hitting, you know, 35 or whatever, you start declining and stuff like that. Well, who's telling you that? It's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a like, um, science or whatever starts telling you. So you start thinking it, yeah. your cells start feeling it, your DNA starts feeling yeah. it. And then, yeah, what happens? You, you start feeling like you, you, you're getting older and stuff like that. Now I don't like feel that. Like I still feel like I'm 18. I'm probably in better shape than I was ever. And I'm the oldest I've been, but I'm meant to be on the decline. <laughs> but I don't think like that. I'm like, no, I can still like do this, do that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just that, that thought process. And I see it with a lot of people, friends and stuff like that. You know, they get to a certain age and stuff like that. And they just sort of, you just let yourself go. It's almost like you become a victim to aging. It's like, Boom. yeah. Yes. Yes. The victim of aging. And like yourself, Will, you just said that you're fitter and healthy now. You're in better shape, sorry. Mm. You said you're better than what you were then. Yeah. And I look at what my body was fighting physically, mentally, emotionally then mm. that I was overcompensating for with my training to get to a certain standard as opposed to now when I am a lot healthier. Mm. So physically, yeah, I could. Do I want to be that selfish? Because it is a selfish oh, pursuit. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to compete in a master's division. Right, where no, you don't have to be training as many hours in the week. You still train hard, you still go, but you can still function in day to day life and think about other people, not just the next session, the next meal. Because <laughs> you know what? So, do you want to compete in that master's division to have fun and potentially have a good fight and lose? No, I want to win, yeah, but I want to do it from a space of freedom. Not mm. fear. Mm, because mm. I was a fearful fighter. When I stopped being fearful of getting KO'd all the time, I slowly lost, well, quickly actually, lost the drive to compete. <laughs> it was a really weird dichotomy. I was like, I wanted to win. I wanted to be the best. And you choose a sport where knockouts are pretty high. Yeah. And that act, and my fear fueled me. However, I was not expressive of my true skill level. Would I, so the highest level that I competed at, I did compete in an international tournament. I made Yeah, getting back to. Yeah, yeah. Wander <laughs> yes, back in, right? Yeah, it all yeah, comes around. Yeah. So, so I competed in a, in a world tournament, made the quarterfinals in my weight division. If I was in full expression and health then, would I have been world champion? No. At the. Looking at the other variables, the lack of coaching I had, the lack of support I had. Mm. Luckily, I it was a testament to my own knowledge. Having studied strength and conditioning, I programmed my entire year leading into that tournament. I was teaching and I was programming everything. So I was able to do a lot. Mm. However, nothing beats having that coach there with you each session or throughout the week. Mm. Mm. Right? So would I have been right up the top? No. Would I have gone to the semis and gone home with a big-ass trophy? Yes, I would have, mm. definitely. And the other fights, I would have done it more convincingly and showcased what I could actually do. Mm. I, I was so focused on just getting through. Mm. 
that I stuck to my best weapons. Not all of them. Mm. So I went, I know I can outpoint you. I'm fitter than you. I'm faster than you. And I'm going to outpoint you just by tagging. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. The same few combinations time and time again because I knew I could hit him. I had so many other skills. So I could have showcased so much more and been in freedom. One of my practitioners who helped me a lot energetically, um, was he said, he showed me the tone scale, the emotion scale, and the frequencies that go with that. Okay. And he said the ultimate ideal for you would have been to, if you were doing this work then, build up to when you're in a state of complete flow and freedom mm. of trust of your own body, mm-hmm. where you know mm-hmm. that everything's in your body and your head and your brain. Mm. It's all there. And you're just expressing your creativity mm. within a fight yeah. with the skills you've got. Yeah. And any sport's like that. Oh, yeah. You look at crazy creatives within any sport that push boundaries yeah. and that are prolific. They were in that flow and they were trusted themselves to just pull shit out and go against the um, curve. Yeah. I'm like... I, I knew that in my football. When I was having yeah. fun and laughing around, um, man just in that flow sense just bang but when I was like so focused on winning or trying to deal with the emotions <laughs> that's mm. running in the background yeah yeah just absolutely shit game but that flow state and it's like life isn't it yeah did so. you find that in tennis as well I found that in tennis yeah. even watching some of the best tennis players in the world like you know Agassi broke onto the scene he was electric oh, yeah. he was insane he hit these amazing shots and then they'd find this model that would work for them to create success but then this new guy would come on the scene five or six years later who would be expressive like them and pull off shots out of their ass and be in this flow state and just dominate them and I was like oh all of a sudden like you know Roger Federer's here and oh, like, yeah. you, know, you, you never knew what he was going to come up with but then all of a sudden even he became a bit robotic mm. and you could predict where he was going to play his shots mm. um, and I think that's when like Djokovic really stamped his yeah. oh here's an interesting question to pose at those times when even with the elites, but just with us three here, in those times of contraction... Hang on, we're doing the podcast. You're doing I'm the I'm posing talk. it to all of us. <laughs> no, I'm joking, right? man. <laughs> because, because this may not be just me. Yeah. Mm. Was that a time when we ended up getting injured, when we were contracted and operating, not in that flow state? Because uh, I never got injured when I was in flow. No. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say, yeah. yeah. Especially with my football. Especially when... Um, trying to make it at the higher level and not dealing with my emotions and just cramping up and the pain mm. teacher came in and just whack here you go you're not going any further because you need to deal with your shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with, with your drinking your mental you've like you know you're just yeah no nah. and then bang yeah it just all all started falling apart yeah yeah and then uh yeah yeah but before that leading up to like for me i'll just put it like Probably, man, I could probably remember it the most, like from the ages this is, because I started drinking at the age of 12. Mm. So I started dealing with my emotions that way. So from, I can remember playing footy from eight to about 12 was always in flow state. Wasn't thinking about anything, but just being creative on the, on the field and stuff like that. 
And then from 12 to 17, um, from when I started drinking, dealing with my emotions that way, mm. the flow state didn't happen as much. Um, and then, yeah, and then, uh, what was it? Probably, yeah, then it all caught up at 17. When mm. couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get into that flow state, couldn't reach it because all this turmoil that was happening inside yeah just was just stuffed like and I was blaming everyone else (laughs) (laughs) wasn't my fault (laughs) and and yeah it just all fell apart and we didn't have the literature back then that we reference to people now I've got a few mentees that I that I meet up with a couple are athletes one's not it's just more of a life coaching thing but recommending books I'm going read listen to this it's free on Mm. YouTube Mm, yeah you know that wasn't accessible no. when we were in our teens no it's like that just wasn't happening so it was a sticking point yeah you just had to come across someone mm. that knew it mm. and could mentor you um i remember in the, the, footy the world, internet oh, yeah, yeah, yeah in the footy world the afl like fuck man the most coaches were yelling and screaming <laughs> at you and telling you're a piece of shit <laughs> if you weren't doing the right thing and, yeah. and telling you not to have fun and telling you to just yeah so it was just... And a lot of the yeah. 40, 50 plus um, people that I work with actually want to be trained like that. They want to be spoken to like that because it's familiar. Yeah. They yeah. think it's it brings safe. out the best in them. <laughs> safe. And it might bring out some good mm. in that moment, but really we need to move from working from that space of what's, what's triggering us to learning how to do it from a place yeah. of love, inspiration, want Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing. You take that into your business life as well. Mm. Business owners, staff, just get into that robotic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we all get stuck. It's not just athletes. Yeah. And I feel this is a big thing with um, men in particular. We get stuck. It really pains me to see people, guys out there just watching TV, watching others kick their goals on the TV screen, sinking beers and reliving what could have what could have been, what was. And coming back to that healthier now, when soon after I when I finished karate, I had an injury, left knee. I was in a situation I didn't want to be in. It was a training situation too. Mm. Left knee injury didn't heal that well. It should have. Mm. Structurally, there wasn't too much of a problem. It was a grade two tear mm. of the MCL. All other structures in the knee were fine. Just didn't come back. Couldn't kick anymore with my left leg. Couldn't skip. Couldn't do the shit I enjoyed. Because mm. there was a part of me that didn't want to go back there emotionally. Because that was a bad place emotionally to be the champ. Mm. So then I focused on boxing. Because I went, oh... Just focus on boxing. I trained out of a boxing gym. I've always had strong hands. I just never had the boxing flow. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. So mm. I did that for a bit. And then and then I had to stop. I was because the because that left side was just getting worse. My body was crying out for me to stop and change mm. my ways. Mm. And it wasn't so much age. At the time I was going, well, I'm turning 31 soon. These young guys are that bit ahead of me. Mm. And but I just went, nah, I need to stop. And in recent years that I let go of the attachments and the emotional damage that was done by my seniors, because mm. uh, I was not a very well-liked person in the gym I was in because it was very clicky. Yeah. And I was the outlier, mm. right? 
These guys are wanting to be Japanese. They're wanting to be so like the Japanese. And I remember talking to my instructor about it. I said, none of us are Japanese. (laughs) We live in Australia. I was born in Australia. My parents are Italian. Why the fuck should I be Japanese? (laughs) You know, I was interested in in, um, bringing in aspects of kickboxing because I loved the K1 kickboxing back in the day. In Muay Thai, Carnage, Corbett, Nathan Corbett, great Australian. So underrated. Yeah. As well as a champion. 11 times world champion. Moved up from one weight division. Moved up two other weight divisions. Oh, wow. And still crushed it, right? Oh, wow. Doesn't get the kudos that he deserves. No. Beautiful man. Day to day, like we were saying. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. But he was an absolute savage. And he was not typical of the Thai style. Mm. He had good, like, boxing hands. He slipped and weaved. Bob and weave like a boxer. Which in Muay Thai you don't do because you might cop a knee. Um, and he was doing it and crushing people. Opening it. Like he, he was not typical. But he was the best in the world. And he, he inspired me with that. Because yeah. I'm like, well, I love martial arts. I refer to myself as a martial artist. Not mm. just a karateka that only did this. Nah. Why don't we bring in other elements? Mm. So I was, I was working on different movements, different this, and playing around. I wanted to be playful. Mm. No, 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 no. You don't do that. I wanted to joke around, a bit of banter mm. in between hard sessions. Yeah. No, 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 no. We don't do that. <sighs> so I was so repressed. Mm. And I had that attachment to the sport. Over time, I found, started finding the answers. As mentally, emotionally, I was getting past that. I got the answers to get back my left side. Mm. And I'm still working on it. But when you guys see me train, you don't see where I was. You see that I can kick the shit out of the bags, either leg. Yeah. Either leg's fine. Some exercises, because you guys are professionals, you would see that my left side's not as stable at times or mm. whatever, those little movement sways. But so much better than where I was. I can do the exercises I enjoy now. Mm. And that's the thing. Doing it out of joy, doing it out of creativity, mm. any aspect of life that we go into. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I find in relationships. People just, this, this actually, I'll be open about this. This is one of the things that scares me about getting into a relationship that holds me back from being with an amazing woman is I see what the masses are like yep. and I'm scared of that. I'm scared of being taken back to a place that I've come so far from and being in those relationships where it's a vie for control, vying for control. I want to be creative. I want to be like, what can we create together? Yeah. You know, mm. coming back to that mindset side of things, what shit can we meditate on together mm. and create in our world? Mm. You know, what... How can we develop as individuals? How can we bring this in and just create the most amazing, spontaneous, just, you know, just in that flow, in that groove together. Mm. Yeah, have your ups and downs, but not see it as the end of the world. Mm, Not engage, be consumed by it. And it's always a drama. Just go, okay, this is life. Mm. Human life is difficult. So we're bringing two humans with difficult lives together Let's not expect that to be all, all, mm. all honeymoon phase. Is it something you know? that you fear or something that you're just really aware of? Yeah. Um, I am aware there is an element of fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I'll be honest with that. Of what? Fear of losing myself in the process because I see it happen a lot. People lose themselves, you know. We've all seen those guys. I'll say guys because, you know, Mm -hmm, we're just mm -hmm. talking about just from a male perspective, but women as well. You see those people and you may not hear from them for a while. And you see, they go, what happened to you, man? Like, are you okay? Is your relationship okay? Because you used to be this and they've forgotten who they were. Mm. And I've, I've worked so hard. I used to feel like I was so in deficit and so far behind the eight ball, which is also why I didn't win as much as athletics. I didn't feel worthy mm. of winning as much. Because I would idolize and put people on pedestals. Mm, But I'm not them. You know? One of my instructors was the top of the world. And I remember being being in the quarterfinals at that tournament going, Oh no, people like Sensei Gary get that far. I don't. Mm. Lost it mentally. Mm. Started feeling every hit. Lost it. I walked off and a few people Mm. said, That should have been a draw. And I'm like, no. I didn't. I didn't counter enough. I didn't retaliate enough. Mm. He should. Mm. I would give it to him. Mm. I didn't feel deserving of winning back then. Uh, but yeah, I do. I do have that. So so I felt less than. I felt inadequate. I felt like I was just. I felt always felt my potential. I knew I was a ball of potential, but didn't know how to access it. Mm. I felt so far behind the eight ball. I did so much work on myself over the years. And then I started just out of fear of losing out and being a waste in life. Because mm. I'd look back at the struggles I had, the family history, the events of my life, and I'm like, this can't be it. I remember saying to my mum once at one of my lowest points going, this can't be it. I've got so much more potential. I can't die a waste of potential because so many people do. Mm. So for me... There is a bit of that fear, like I've come so far. I look at you right now as such a magnificent man. Thank you. Are you still Sorry. feeling that playing out in you today? Have you, like, have you noticed? There's an element of you that. Speak of how there, far yeah. you've come. Yeah, and I do see elements of that. I do, like, I see my environment, who I'm attracting. Mm. Guys like you, being able to sit here, I would not have been able to sit here and have this conversation or even engage with you guys on a heartfelt level 10 years ago. Mm. I, was, I always had a lot more female friends than male mm. because I didn't feel like I could be myself and be open and vulnerable mm. um, around men. Mm. So it's taken me a long time to be able to be comf- confident as a masculine man with that vulnerability mm. And so when I learned that, oh man, this is progress. This is actually how you make progress in life. Mm. People aren't born, sorry, we're all born brilliant. Mm. People don't just intrinsically have this success key Mm. that they just know what to do. Mm. Oh, other people (laughs) fucked up and they had to learn. This is how you, I thought I was stupid. (laughs) This is how you actually become more intelligent. You, mm. you mm. seek out information. Mm. Oh, so then it became more fun. Mm. But I do have a bit of that fear still of um, would that detract mm. from my path, from my, from my purpose? It's like I want, We're I need partner. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I know that there are amazing women out there. Yeah. I've met some. 
I know I know there are some amazing women out there, but it's um, I guess I talk myself out of it yeah. as well. Do you need to let go of the fear to have the amazing woman come into your life? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Or can you still have the fear and the amazing woman? Um, I think I need to release that fear definitely yeah it's one of those things yes fear is there to protect us but when it's playing a major role and creeping into your decision making let me ask you when this. you know logically that's not the right way you or had, the most productive you had the fear when you were fighting mm. the fear of being ko'd mm. Yet you took the fights anyway and you went down the process. Yeah. And then you came away and accessed more of your potential. Yeah. The absolutely. fear was there all along. Mm. Yeah. I'll ponder that. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Just planting um, the seed. Because this is one of those things, like uh I guess I guess I've had that mentality of um just let it go. Letting it all go. Yeah. I know fear is still going to be there to somewhat, but to what degree? Mm. So, yeah, for me, it is stepping into that. Because over the years, I've not... I've actually... This is one area where I feel society, and just as humans, we tend to judge people just by face value. Mm-hmm. And that's not... And we make up our own stories about people. I shouldn't mm. say we judge them on face value. We make up our own stories according to our story. Mm, mm. Where I feel like I've, I know I've judged people and misunderstood people, and I've learnt that, and I've apologised to some. Going, I'm so sorry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I had this story in my head about you, and I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Mm. And people have done that with me as well. Where I've not had a lot of relationships, never been the player. I'm just like cru- cruise along. It's not that I haven't been on dates and all that, but I just haven't engaged on that level a mm. lot especially long-term relationships yeah years ago i was chasing the women that were bound to reject me yes these days it's more awareness you see your red flags you know what personality traits as well yeah. do or don't vibe so these days i can see certain things and i go you know what i don't think we'd be compatible long term because this is what i want to create this is what I want to achieve in my life. And I need someone that can come along and go, see what you're saying, love it. How about this? And then you build, change the plans together. Not, you know what one of the fears is as well? I've, so over Let's the years, there. over the years, we see so many, so many divorces and people getting taken like the, and just the loss of everything. Mm. So it's like... Can I, I'm just going to jump yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, this go. is a powerful question. Mm. How close were you to your nonna? I was very close to her. It's closer to my mum. Yeah. Of course, yeah. How close? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very close to my mm-hmm. mum. Yeah, yeah. The, so you've had two, I suppose, powerful women. You've lost them in your life. Yeah. There's mm. an element of that. Yes, mm. Will. Because <laughs> 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 mm. the women I love my... Love the most, die. <laughs> mm. yeah. Or I shouldn't say die, leave. Yeah, yeah. If you want to bring it down to like some kind of an abandonment thing, mm. that's where it stems from more so. Yeah. That, um, yeah, because there were people that I felt loved and appreciated by. And 
humans, we, mm. we want to be loved and appreciated for who we are and be able to be ourselves. And it's like, well, can I actually be myself? Because I know, I know, I know I'm an intense personality. I'm a big personality. That's me. I'm theatrical. Mm. A bit dramatic at times. <laughs> you know, but that's me. I like to play life out. Yeah. I like to experience the emotions. Mm. I like to bring sunshine to people. And I know for a lot of people that's, that's um, a bit over the top, right? <laughs> There's some people that just find that a bit much. Feedback I've had over time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not always like that. I do have my quiet time and downtime where I don't talk as well. <laughs> but... um. There are those elements and I go, well, yeah, I've got big lofty dreams. You know, I'm not this dude in an office with a secure job that, you know, go down, do the white picket fence, the dumb thing. Oh, yeah. And I know that my personality and my path is not for most people. (laughs) Right? So it's that awareness, that doubt. Well, Well, am I that crazy guy? You know, coming back from earlier, mm. is am I that crazy guy? I've got these crazy dreams. They make sense in my head. A few people around me understand them. Most people don't, and that's cool. I'm like, how's this even going to play out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. Wanting to find someone who actually sees the vision, has their own vision, their own weirdness as well, compatible. Mm. You know, that complementary opposite. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to phrase it. Yeah, yeah. Some of the compliments. And Rocky did this the best. You guys seen the first Rocky movie? Uh, yeah, all of them about three ah! times. <laughs> okay, okay, so love this bit, right? When, um, when um, Paulie and Rocky are talking in the first movie, mm. and Paulie's like, what's so good about Adrian? What do you see in her? Mm. He's like, I don't know, she fills the gaps. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean gaps? I've got gaps, she's got gaps, together we fill the gaps. It's the, most, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the most simplistic thing you could say. Yeah. It's like that was put horrifically, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, that and doubting that doubt is is it gonna be do you find is there that someone there? And also a lot of people put on a good show mm-hmm. for a first what three, six months, a year, a couple of years, maybe. Yeah. So there's this thing in me just going, that old voice that goes, don't trust anyone. Mm. <laughs> you know, just wait and see if their actions match their words. Mm. You know? So there's a few little aspects mm. there mm. that come into it. Uh, but it is, yeah, I was, I was scared of go, getting knocked out. Got knocked out twice, still went back. <laughs> so it's the same concept. Just get smarter. Just get smarter next time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get smarter and do it better yeah. <laughs> yeah. to avoid the impact. Yeah. So I guess that's. Um, I'm not even sure where that tangent was going, but that happened. Yeah, it's just like it's keeping true to yourself in a relationship. Like if we're going to go yeah. down a relationship, it is, it's, it's been a, it's been able to keep true to yourself. And, and I've seen it as well and heard the stories and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, you're around someone and they speak a little bit different around their wife and stuff like that. And, you know, you just or partner or I've just said wife, you know, whoever, it, whatever it is. You know, they they do change to be this person for that person. Yeah. Which yeah. in the long run probably isn't going to be the, the healthiest thing. Mm. Um, but if you can minimize like the story that, 
Oh, where was I going to... There's a, like the bullshit radar, like the story you tell yourself <laughs> to the story that you tell someone else. Uh, if, that, yeah. if that can be a little bit smaller <clears throat> and, and not as... Because everyone, you know, makes dramatic... Dr- dramatizes? I'm going to say dramatic. Dramatizes. Dramatizes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, stories and stuff like that. But if that bullshit radar mm. is a lot closer to the truth, then you're going to be pretty sweet. But if yeah, you're a completely yeah, different yeah. person to, you know, what you're saying to someone else and someone else and someone yeah. else, it just, you lose yourself. Yeah. You don't know who you are and it just all unravels and yeah. it's not sweet. And no. I'll give you an example. Like mm. you've grown through your life into this man that you are today. Mm. Now with strong boundaries and all these amazing attributes through my relationship with my wife, I was this soft little boy and she ran all over me in the start. Yeah, and wow. for me, she was just the ultimate woman. I would just do anything. I would not be myself around her and it pissed her off something. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, for fuck's sake, do you ever want to do anything? Like I'd always just say, oh, I'll watch what you want to watch. Let's eat what you want to eat. Let's go where you want to go. It pissed her off something crazy. I used to do that and like, too. Then I had to actually start thinking for myself and valuing myself. And the more mm. I did, the more she was actually attracted to me and interested in me and wanted to be around me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think relationship for me has been an amazing gift to be more of myself and figure out, yeah, what do I stand for? That's a big thing. Mm, and I think that's what a lot of people lack. And I know once I found what I stand for, my why in life mm. and why I do things, a lot of shit started to change. Mm. And at that time, because it's like, oh, wow, now I have something beyond myself. Yeah. How does this ripple out into the community? How does this ripple out into other people's lives? And often it was brought up earlier um, that so it's little things like just asking your mate how you are. Yeah. I used to think that it had to be some big, like big complex thing. Yeah. But it's those little things done consistently that make the biggest difference. And I'm like, oh, so I can actually make a difference in this world. I've actually got a unique way of looking at things. I've actually got a unique way of looking at things that can be helpful. And now I know why I'm here and what I want to achieve. And I don't know if it's my destiny. I debate this. I used to think that everything was planned, everything was written. And the more I got on and started taking control of my life, I mean, that could be part of the plan. But I just go, well, what do I choose my life to be? Who do I want to be? And this is what I look at in other people as well. For mentors, I don't idolize people anymore. Mm-hmm. I respect aspects of them. Mm. And I go, wow, you know what? Compared to my upbringing in this area of life, say if it's a financial thing, right? You've yep. got that scarcity mentality, the poverty mentality. That comes as well mm. from like the generations of that kind of background. Mm. And then you look at someone who is financially successful and not fake rich, yeah. where they spend everything just to look rich, the genuinely wealthy, the quiet mm. guys that mm. you can't tell. Yeah. You talk to them about their ups and downs and where they started and you go, oh, mm. right, okay, so I need to think more like Dave. Mm. You come to a T intersection and you go, old life is right. Mm. Dave's life in this aspect is left. Mm. 
well, let's go and try this. Let's go left and see how that works for me and carving out who I wanted to be because there were aspects of my natural personality and also those aspects that we can cultivate ourselves. Mm. And that comes back to the argument of nature versus nurture, you know, because some people say, I just, I'm really blunt. I don't communicate that well. That's just how I am. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. We can learn. I went to Toastmasters to learn how public speaking. Yeah. I asked a mentor of mine, I want to be on stage one day. I see myself because of my kind of personality. I'd work on stage in front of a large group because it conveys across the room. Mm. And I'm like, where, where do I go to learn to even speak like that? Because I used to write a lot of poetry and song lyrics when I was younger. Yeah. And I couldn't get past a page or two. <laughs> and I was like, why can I only write a page at a time? And then he said, oh, yeah, I went to Toastmasters to learn to speak and communicate better. Oh, cool. Went and did that. Implemented it in the barbershop. Mm. Whatever lessons I learned, mm. I went and worked on it in the shop as homework with clients. Oh, all of a sudden, I start to get better response from clients. I start to get better response from my bosses, better response from people in my life. Yeah. Oh, so this isn't just how I am. It's how I was developed. It's what I learned. Mm. But who do I want to be? Mm. And what do I have to do to become that guy? Mm. You know, to have that life that I want, that success to me, that means something to me, mm. that's meaningful in my heart. Who? What do I have to do to become that? I think this is where we get lost a lot. A lot of people just sit at home going, but I can't do that. Mm. Neither could I. Mm. And there are lots of things I look at, I go, still can't do that, but yeah. I'm on my way. Yeah. Just That's... putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> just got to get out there and do it, isn't it? Like, yeah. Just getting past that scared, afraid thing. And... and if you don't want to do it, it doesn't matter. Don't do anything, but don't whinge about what you want to do and yes. make no action. Yes. If you're happy as things are, awesome. Don't change a thing. But if you do want your life to be different, well, then there's work to do. We all have to do it. None of us just know it. Yeah. I know one guy actually who's incredibly talented at this. He actually sat in front of the mirror for two hours straight, looking at himself until he decided who he wants to be and what he wants to do in his life. (laughs) He's just that intense guy like, I'm going to... I'm going to do this now. And he got the crux of it. Yeah. In that two hours, just did not move, silence, stared at his face in the mirror and go, what have you done in your life? Who have you been? Who do you want to become? <laughs> oh my God. Legendary. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that. For me, it was incremental. It was mm. one small step at a time. Yeah, same. Yeah. He just sat there. And yes, we all have our pros and cons we all have our blind spots Mm -hmm. but that was a life-changing moment for him Mm. i've had mine and that i think makes a big difference when you're living your purpose Mm. you're a better person to your family your partner your kids you're a better example of how a man should treat a woman better example to our kids and kids in the community on how a man should conduct himself Mm and what what they're capable of, that I think is huge when we're on purpose in our own life. Because yeah. I've never met 
I shouldn't say never because I can't think off the top of my head. I can't remember meeting someone who's just loving life, killing it, in, and just has the most incredible relationships in their life that just works a job for the sake of earning money, watching TV, drinking alcohol and what, and, mm. and that, that escapism. Mm. Haven't met someone who's killing it that way and goes, you know what? Love it. <laughs> yeah, Everything <neither>. is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we're meant to evolve. Yeah. And that's where I thought there used to be an end goal. There was an end. And yeah. then I realized it's the journey, right? Yeah, we spoke about this in the gym yeah, the other day. That's like, right. People can't wait to retire. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? I'm like, like, just create your life how you want it. And like, if you're doing the job that you love, you'll probably just keep doing it. It might not be as intense as it is now, mm. but you still got to do stuff because there's so many times you see people that retire and they just go down the hill, mm. like start getting sick, um, everything starts hurting, they stop moving, they stop doing whatever it is and then life, they get old, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you retire and you get old instead of just doing something that you love doing mm. and now it might not be the, the capacity that you always have done it. Yeah. But um, if you just keep cracking away with it, and yeah. like my old man, um, just still on the farm cruising around, doesn't do as much as he used to, but he's still like cruises around on the farm, smoking ciggies, talking to his cows, loving it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome yeah. retirement. Yeah. yeah, my dad threw himself into a couple of acres after he retired from the police force because mm. he loved it. He's a gardener at heart, coming from those farming families and. Mm. Always had that veggie patch. He was a bit of the quintessential European in that way. Always had the veggie patch. Mm. And so he went, this is what I want to do in my retirement. He would just do cuttings upon cuttings and give them to people. Yeah. Excess produce, give yeah. them to the neighbors. Yeah. And it was that giving back to the community yeah. as well mm. that and I it. feel we need to get more of in life. Mm. Little pay it forwards. Mm. Do a pay it forward for a coffee. Mm. You know, little things like that brightens up someone's day. Mm. Um, I've done this a number of times where, and I've got rules around it too, just to stop the ego getting caught up in it. So, at local places that I go to, I go, oh, I'll do it, do a pay it forward as well. But the rules are, give it to someone who you feel could do with it mm. when I'm not here yeah. and I don't want to know about it. Yeah. I just want to know that you've done it. I trust you to do it yeah. and brighten someone's day. Mm. Mm. That's it. Little things like that. And they've given me feedback over times like, hey, there was one person who just, it was the right person that they just had, it just lit up their life that day. Yeah. Mm. Because of X, Y, and Z. I'm like, cool. End conversation. Yeah. That's cool. Little things like that. Giving back to the community is part of purpose, I feel. It, it, yeah. Communities, everything. Um, like... What we're creating here, like taking the little steps and, you know, trying to create the, the life that you want and stuff like that. <clears throat> Meeting uh, Trika here, T-Dog. Um, his purpose is on the same one as mine and we got chatting and I can delay stuff. I can stop myself from doing stuff, but it just, you know, you get the right community and the right mm. people around you. Shit, stuff happens fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's nuts. Like... 
but it's you know putting yourself out there and and just doing those little steps and mm. um and and getting the right people around you now i think I'm, i've mentioned this before the, the days of the internet is pretty good because if you want to implement someone and you look at them and you're like yeah they're they're doing their heart center they're doing nice stuff they're not stabbing people in the back you know mm. you can get on their instagram you can get on their youtube you can find out what they're doing and you can be a part of that community online you can mm. get a part of it and then that's just going to make you want to go forward and do yeah. the stuff that you want to do. And then you'll meet the right people that are in that and it just snowballs from there. Absolutely. But that was the, like a conversation that you and I had in the gym mm. about external stuff. And I just went, oh my God, I've had this vision in my head, a similar vision yeah. in my head for years. Because yeah, yeah. I've been thinking over time, how am I meant to do this on my own? Mm. You know, that's a big ass project. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> Hello. Yeah. The rays of sunshine come yeah. into the gym, just yeah. a nice soft muted background. <laughs> Basking in that moment. Yeah. And because we shared part of our dreams mm. and ideas. Mm. And there's one thing I feel that comes in in business, motivational stuff, I should say, on social media. Keep your dreams to yourself. Mm. But what if you can achieve something even bigger by sharing it? Yeah. yeah. Be discerning with who you share it to. But you felt comfortable with me say, um, asking me a question. And then it was like, oh, shit. Mm. There are other people out there thinking like me. Whoa. <laughs> and then yeah. you compound that. Yeah. Like you're saying, it just snowballs. Mm, that energy, that frequency. And, mm, and I can see that in that little hub. It's like, Wow. Mm. Wow, there are some pretty special people in here. Yeah, there are. Even right here, that one conversation you guys had into the gym has now turned into a, a gift to whoever listens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. And the message spreads. Hey, I listened to that podcast and this was the conversation. And what do you think about it? Mm. Mm. This is what I hope people take from it as well. Because there are so many podcasts out there. There's so many different topics. Mm. But I really hope that people are able to listen take what resonates and implement it yeah implement it and create that life so that even though it's a catchphrase create um live a life by design not by default and if we're mm. open like yesterday i was or hang on i want to jump in yes yeah. about half an hour ago you spoke about this t intersection oh yeah like i would normally go Right. Right. And Dave went David got left. left. I was thinking, all right, what about park my car and take the bush? <laughs> yeah, that's a life by design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the track, the, un, the unwalked track. I drive a Toyota Corolla, man. I can't go off road like that. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> but he, yes. He parked it. You absolutely can. You absolutely. I'll just jump in your forby and fuck it, we'll just get out there. That's it, yeah. um, but yes, you can do that. Yeah. 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 I think tar. I think bitumen with roads can absolutely because that's going to be the path. Well, have you ever walked through the uh, hinterland here on the sunny coast between like Mapleton to Mullaney kind of way, the Great Walk there? No, not yet. No. Uh, I've not done the Great Walk, but just walking through some of those tracks. Someone came through here with a machete once. Like, <laughs> how were these created? Yeah. And they literally just went, oh, well, we'll see this. I've got a compass. I see can what get happens. Home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ever yeah. think of that? 
when you're on these massive trails. Someone went through with a machete, then walked it before someone cleared it with machinery. And probably over and over again, like every week or every month, they yeah. probably did that same walk with yeah. the machete. And even with yeah. people telling you you can't do it, you know. Yeah. But if you can feel... Like, I was at a, a um, dinner party one time and um, a friend was struggling with something, with work, and just, just a bit lost. And I'm like, well, what do you love doing? And this is where I come. I always talk about the one love. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, just go do it. Go do that. Like, don't, like, quit your job straight away if you can't. But just, you know, and then, and then move mm-hmm. into it. And then someone said, yeah, but you can't do that. I'm like, well, I do it all the time. Like... I don't always have to do the same. Like, I'm, I like doing this and that and doing everything. To, and then um, someone said, yeah, but they're not you. And I'm like, that, that, in my head, I was just like, but why can't you? It's their version. It's a concept. Mm. I see that because you're just putting forward a concept mm. to go and do what you love and what you experience. Anyone can do that. They don't have to go out and do it your way or my way no. or T's way. Yeah. Do it a different, do it your way. Yeah. But that's so important. And what is it in the Paul Czech stuff with the um, Dr. Nature? Is that one of them? Um, well, there's, there's something about nature in there, isn't it? Can, or is yeah. that just you talking? No, that's me. To me, yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Right, I wasn't sure if, yeah, I get things confused no, but he's, sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, no, but he's, uh, so... Um, Mother Nature's in there, isn't it? Not not with, um, so Paul Czech talks about um, Dr. Diet. Which then mm. soil, food, where's your food come from? That's why I was health? thinking of it. Cause and, you then, and then he'll, and then he goes, yeah. And then you go into the, um, that part of it. With, but uh, yeah, we're creating a, um, uh, a will. What was it? Um, we're creating a thing with uh, Dr. Nature. Like, you know, get outside in nature. Mm. <laughs> and for some people, that is just digging around in the yard. Yeah. For some people, it's just sitting on the beach, yeah, basking in the rays and doing that. That's nature. That's cool. Mm. Mm. Sometimes, for me, I feel I need the earthing. Mm. If you're into star signs, mm. I'm a Virgo, so that's an earth sign, and I do resonate with that. I do feel better when I've got my feet dirty mm. in a bit of dirt, going through some nature, mm. touching trees, <laughs> <laughs> ripping off some leaves and smelling them along the way. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this kind Give of a tree stuff. A hug. <laughs> right? I don't hug trees, but I do caress them. Yeah. I do caress them occasionally. <laughs> I've hugged a few trees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be amazing what would happen if you stood still next to a like go find the biggest tree in the forest or one that yeah. just grabs your attention. Go stand next to it, caress it, put your hand on it, sit on its roots and just be quiet with it and listen to it. Like you'd be mm. surprised the information that would come up inside you, whether it's the emotions that you have to deal with or it's the, the next thing you have to do to take that next step in your life. Mm. But mm. we're just too busy to jump on our phones and see like the, you know, instead everyone scrolls and see what's on Instagram, see what's on yeah. Facebook, TikTok, WhatsApp. Yeah. What else is there? Google All news. the social media. <laughs> but if you've like, got a strip of grass, if you live in a townhouse yeah. and you've got a strip of grass, you can still make that a sacred space. Yeah. Doesn't have to be... Like, we've got access to great nature on the sunny coast. Oh, we do. Yeah. If yeah. you're into trees or the sea, mm, mm. it's not far. Yeah. No. It's... Oh, it's just... It's just there. Yeah. <laughs> I can smell it. Yeah. Um, but if you're not in those areas... 
what bit of nature I know some people that just have tons of plants inside inside yeah. and they care for that make mm. sure the lighting's right move them around when they need to mm. water them weed them give them love talk to them mm. yeah I actually need to start doing that I've got a couple of plants that are diet and I need to give love to yeah so maybe this is a thing and the I need ones to, that are alive as well I need to look at my love tanks tea I think so <laughs> yeah a few of those yeah, yeah the love because the things I actually mm. really like yeah. one's a basil plant mm. and that's just a staple in any herb garden yeah and the other one is a moringa tree mm. and that is an amazing tree mm. it's a natural multivitamin and mineral yeah. all in the ratios your body likes them in wow it is incredible. Very mm. popular in Southeast Asia and the Middle East mm. as the miracle tree or the tree of life, it's called. Yeah. And I've just neglected that. I need to get the tree of life going. You need to. Oh, yeah. here we go. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a, a busk of light. Yeah. And you know, it's really one thing I love about conversations such as this, because I know we'd have this conversation if we were just sitting here. Yeah. without it recording those little things you don't get just by yourself mm. those little things that are in the back <clears throat> of your head you know but mm. they're little prompt from someone else yeah and you go yeah actually i do need to do that yeah i do need because i believe there are a lot of metaphors that come through life like that one it's not just plants well, they need tender love and attention. So what do my love tanks need tender love and attention as well to grow? Yeah. And to nourish. Mm. Nourish those plants to nourish other people. Even like growing up in Melbourne, <clears throat> there's trees and stuff around, but it wasn't until I moved to the sunny coast and I was like, oh, I've been so intense. I've been so driven. I've been like pushing, pushing, pushing. I really need to chill out and hang out and relax. So then... All of a sudden, with all these amazing pandanus around, I started just hanging out in the pandanus for like an hour at a time. Yeah. And taking the scenic photos. Like, hey, Jill, let's go out, have a cup of tea, have a coffee, whatever. And we'd have one, and if she'd grab out her phone or we weren't talking for whatever reason on that day, I'd yeah. be like, I'm just going to head over into that tree. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. much is happening here anyway. And sitting yeah. at the base of a tree, I actually find mm. powerful. Mm. Even though I said I don't hug trees, when you said sitting in the roots of it, I used to purpose, when I lived in Brisbane, I would purposely go to New Farm Park, sit under a big-ass tree and sit in the roots, mm. not at the picnic benches. Yeah. I'd read, I'd be on my laptop doing something, <laughs> writing speeches at that point in time and that was like just magic mm. feeling that tree so it's still that contact yeah. Yeah. we need that it's a cheap thrill too you know often we ask people like oh what do you love doing and it's like oh i love going to this class or that class but i can't afford it right now or i don't have time or whatever but we've got time to sit under a tree yeah we've got time to mm pick off a bit of basil and smell yeah. it and put it in our mouth and taste it. Yeah, and yeah. And keep going. Yeah. yeah. Or just water water your, your tree and look after it and give it some um, minerals or water, uh, some food. Yeah. Like the feeling you get from that is like amazing. And if you're doing it and you're not feeling that, start doing a little bit more. Start getting back in <laughs> yeah. touch with nature because you've lost that connection. Yeah, absolutely. And then once you start losing that connection, you sort of, that's when, you know, your anxiety, mm. depression, stuff just starts 
creeping in mm-hmm. and, and we just live in a society where we're in rubber shoes, we're in a, uh, a car that's got rubber wheels, we go in and work in an office that's got artificial light. Mm. Um, Plastic and then, everywhere. Yep, and then you go <laughs> eat lunch, maybe at your computer desk, maybe you might go outside and yeah. then you finish work and if you you know good enough to work out, you then jump in your um, car and then drive to the gym. Go to your box gym. Yeah, it's air air conditioning, all the electronics (laughs) and your rubber shoes again and you're just not seeing, um, you're not Mm. touching nature, you're not seeing daylight that much. Mm. And then you're putting sunscreen on. To block the <laughs> sun out, which is another topic. <laughs> 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 That's a whole other podcast. Um, and so you, so you actually just aren't even getting no connection, no vitamins, no minerals from nature. But we are nature. We are part yeah. of um, nature. We we need it. We're one. Like yeah. we're not disconnected. And that need for the gratitude for it as well. That was a good lesson. For me coming here, not that I wasn't practicing gratitude before, but when I started working here in Coolum, so like, for some reason I went to the park out the back, probably because of the big tree, right? Mm-hmm. And then I went one day. I said, "You're an idiot, right? Self-deprecation's not good." But I said, "You're an idiot. You've got the beach across the other road. What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I spend most of my lunch breaks. Mm. If it's um, if it's a sunny day or if it's not raining, I should say. Yeah. As long as it's not raining, yeah. I'll go and I'll sit and just watch the ocean mm. and just think, wow, even on a bad day, I'm feeling crap. I'm in my head. I'm contracting mm. my energy. Yeah. Me on a bad day has this view. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Life's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's um, get back into the groove and get back into the flow. Life's good, Pete. Mm. These are the ups and downs of normal life. You're in a sweet spot. Because <laughs> I've got a good team. I've got nature. Can see the sun. Mm. Sometimes like, you work in a shopping centre. Because you're literally ah. on David Lowe. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> 28 steps to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you've got grass mm. to get there. You've got mm. just such great nature. And I think that's so important. And that connection with each other. Because I've seen clients along the way. I used to be a lot more contracted where I'd just like... Yep, I'm going there. <laughs> yep, okay, fine. Catch you later. Bye. Yeah. But the oxytocin that we get from connection, from nature, from connection with people, mm. you blend those two together, it's not the dopamine hit we get from social media mm. or people commenting on our aesthetics, but it's a deeper love and connection mm. that yeah. we get. And I feel that's so important. One of my friends, she's, she studied psychology and the way that she likes to work with people, she doesn't do that as her main job because she doesn't, for her own reasons, but she likes to get people out into nature. What do you like doing? Same as you, all right? Yeah. What, what do you enjoy? Well, let's go out in nature and not be so formal in a box office, which <clears throat> your neighbour was talking about yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. We had that chance conversation earlier yeah, yeah, we um, did, about getting people out. Mm. Get get active. Get get those oh, all those little connections happening. Like um, trees, you guys have known this as well. They have the underground system where they communicate to each other. Oh yeah. So yeah. if there's the, an animal attacking this tree, they go, "Hey, 
They're eating too much. Send out your little deterrents, your little repellents. Mm. So they support each other. Mm. Yeah. And in the office environment, not to mention a lot of office environments are flaws so far above the ground. Mm. So you're floating in space in an artificial <laughs> environment. Yeah. I can't see that being good for the health. No. And then and then there's the other side of it, people working with nature where they just want to spray chemicals on yeah. everything and kill it. You know, oh, I've got weeds in my garden, got to put Roundup on it or whatever. Mm. Like, like, you know... There's and not care. Yeah, and not <laughs> that can go with the sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and, and, continue. That's no, no, right. There's but three just, ounce in my house. Let's spray it with some bug spray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is like you know, you just yeah. again just disconnecting yourself from a living organism, mm. which is which is here to help us because when we die, whether you get buried or ashes or whatever, where do you get put? <laughs> that's brilliant you either, it is, you either get buried and put in the ground which now they're even trying to they what are they when you die they put something in you so you don't rot in the ground what yeah huh? that is mm. ridiculous I can't remember so I'll have to I how would you want th- that to happen I know like I'm like just chuck me in Matt I'm it's like, bad enough you're in a coffin a lot of the time yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like they're making these new mushroom coffin things I'm like yeah yeah like, just whack me in there and just take me because I'm gonna be feeding the ground I'm gonna be giving food to it and stuff like that like I'm my spirit I'm gone like, yeah it's just an empty shell that just needs to be you know this is a thing about attachment as well isn't but it people just want to hold on to on yeah on to yeah well I was I actually had a conversation with someone yesterday and this younger guy he 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 knew my mum for a while before she passed and he said you know occasionally things she said to me pop in my mind mm. and I'd like to be able to connect with her where she buried. And I said, she was cremated, mate. <laughs> you know, but she's not there. Yeah. That attachment to having to go somewhere to mm. talk to someone. Yeah. That's like really us in our human need to touch. Yeah. And I said, just close your eyes and think about that conversation. Mm. Mm. She's a frequency now. She's a spirit. Yeah. She's not in the body, but you, I connect with her through song a lot of the time because music was a big part of the home. Yeah. And there were things that we used to listen to together or things that were just part of my growing up and certain lyrics. It's like, well, that for me is a connection. Mm. Doesn't have to be. this. I like the phrase the meat suit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this that's, is just a suit made yeah. out of meat. Yeah. Literal blood and bone. Why mm. do we want to stop that decomposing? You buy blood and bone from the... From a Bunnings. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's that connected to the earth. Let them decompose. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> and we're... And uh, bugs and stuff. We're just made up of germs and bacteria, <laughs> which uh, we're so scared of these days. Yeah. We need them for our immune system. Yeah. yeah. You look at overly sterile environments and the rate of disease that comes from it. Yeah. yeah. Because our immune systems don't adapt. Mm. We need to let kids eat dirt. Mm. A bit and taste things and yeah, oh, it's the microbes. We need that, and but no one questions. Okay, if this cleaner kills ninety nine point nine percent of bacteria, I think that's an, a bit of a weird number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same every time. Um, well, how many of those are good bacteria? Yeah, that are actually fighting the bad bacteria. Yeah, I know the bad bacteria exists. Mm. I'm not denying that. Mm. But how? What percentage are actually good? Yeah. 
and we're just killing everything. Mm. How do we do that with our lives? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do we keep people out? How do we keep bug spraying people that want to <laughs> come into our space? What are we doing that's keeping the good away as well as the bad? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of myself in this from your questioning earlier. Yeah. <laughs> that's really stuck. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Did you ever see see the original Batman movie, the one that was based on the TV series with Adam West? I didn't. No. Oh, it's so bad. It's so so good. But it's slapstick. It's so bad that it's good. So anyway, there's this scene where Batman is hanging out of a helicopter on just a string ladder and he's hanging upside down. He's got this. Oh no, he's trying to get up. This shark's attached to him and it's noticeably just a rubber shark. (laughs) It's that slapstick. It's so bad. Yeah. And, and he calls out to um, Robin to hand him the shark repellent spray. <laughs> <laughs> and then Robin's hanging upside down. He hands it down, sprays the shark with this, and it just drops off into drops the down. ocean. <laughs> so I get that image with it, just keeping people away. <laughs> what good vibes go! <laughs> yeah. 99% of all vibes go. And, yeah. yeah, and you kill the good ones too. Yeah. And then you get someone standing back going, oh, no, I want to come in, man. We could really... Yeah. Get along, we've got some things to share. I bought you cake, but I can't get into your house because you sprayed it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm doing that. Maybe I need to let the cake in. Maybe you Sweeter ele- ele- elements alive. Yeah, it is. She's a, she's a good cake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Dairy free though. Yeah. Perfect, I think. <laughs> That's a good place to end it today. Yeah. That was yeah. beautiful. That was wonderful. Yeah. Thank what you. A wonderful time. Yeah. We'll really have good. to continue. That was a beautiful connection. Thank yeah. you. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, got some nuggets out of there. There was a lot in this one. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I'll be going back for a listen. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make notes. I have to make notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you if you guys liked it and appreciated it, then please uh, give it a like and um, rate us on Spotify so that more people can experience the the loving message and um, yeah, get this get this great stuff out there and yeah. And if you know someone that would be great on the podcast, um, DM us, let us know so we can uh, get in contact with them and uh, yeah, have a chat with them. That'd be awesome. And uh, thank you so much, Peter, for joining us today. You're welcome, and thank you. Yeah. It's been amazing. Peace, love, and health, yo. (laughs) Yo. Out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. 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 Uh.